It is a wintry Sunday evening, but don't you worry, listeners, you can cozy up by the fire with the Chairshot Podcast boys as they will warm your chestnuts with their usual dose of weekly banter and wrestling chat. I am one of your chestnut warmers. I'm Barry. How you doing, folks? Welcome back after a week off. Joining me, as always, Mr. Joe Towner. Hello, everybody. And over there, pressing the buttons and all that, Mr. Paul Griffin. Uh, put these nuts on your chest. Oh, yeah. oh great. Put that on a t-shirt. That's from, that's from an Eddie Kingston promo from last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, we're back, lads. A little week off there. We're back now. Uh, long owl run sheet lots to get to lots to get to uh, I suppose I'll start off with the most important thing lads which is how the bloody hell are you both doing good okay good yeah I'm good too Paul uh, we, we, we continue to not rock a video version of the podcast but so our listeners can't really appreciate your stash that you got going on today um, it's pretty pretty good I have to say it's yeah. pretty it's a pretty impressive uh, uh, uh um, you know, soup strainer there. It's like Jake Roberts. Mm. I said Rick Rude earlier when I was talking to Barry. Well, he's yeah, sexy. The old, uh, <laughs> the old womb broom, as I call it. Ladies. <laughs> um, yeah, growing in for November. A friend and I are both doing the mustache this year. Lovely. Um, I keep forgetting I have it. And then you look in the mirror and you get surprised. It's like when you get a haircut, but for a full month. Yeah. It's, um, it's nice to have. I, 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 You know, sometimes you feel a little bit self-conscious when you go out and literally no one else has one. Yeah. I'm yet to see another person who had a mustache. It's a shame. Bloody it's a shame. no men respecters this November in, in wow. Paul's co- part of the country. Absolutely sickening. Sick fucking bastards. Yeah. I mean, I don't have one, but, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it because I, the reason it kind of got kicked off was we saw all the ads on TV or, or on the internet, you know, yeah, on a bus. Yeah, just to promote, I'm not promoting here male prostate cancer. Mm. I'm not promoting the cancer, obviously. No, no, we're anti it. If anything, if any, if we must take a stance, and we're not very political yeah. in here, but I, I, yeah. I will go anti-cancer. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. if I may, exactly. Um, so my understanding is. Growing the mustache is some kind of vaccine against it, so I'm happy to. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's. And that's another year with me. Uh, tick that box, I'll be okay. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll grow the rest of the beard in come December. But just keeping the mustache for now. Yeah, get your get your Santa beard going. Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, we'll jump into it. We got to, as I said, we got to link the run sheet here. Um. Uh, next week, folks, get this announcement in right at the top. I won't be here, so the boyos will have to hold the fort without me, as they often do. To be honest, be- better if anything, I get to listen to. It, then it's good. Um, I enjoy it. Um, I'm on Mahala Bob's next week. Over to Old Meriki. See what. See what. See what the heck is going on over there. Sort that out. Do you know what I mean? Um, how many holidays this guy have here? Paul? You are having a laugh, pal. You are absolutely having a laugh. I never take a fucking holiday. Every three weeks he's on. You, you, the townster saying this to me. Fucking hell. I'm surprised. I'm su- I, I tell you what, I wouldn't send a package to Joe and Catford. The cunts never there to fucking accept the thing. What are you talking about? I know, I, pi- I know pilots have been on planes for <laughs> less than this time. No, 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 no! Not accurate, baby. Not accurate. 
but listen. Anyway, far be it from either of you to speak. I'm the one who never takes a holiday. Yeah, Paul never goes on holiday. That's true. I, I've I taken, even from work, I've taken one, one week. One week. <laughs> that, that was during the weekend. I didn't take any holidays. Um, I've taken one week holiday from work this week. This you year. Some, excuse you me. Should, you should take some holidays. Oh, I think, uh, I, I, get ready for Christmas, brother. Paul's yeah. going to be off for the whole month. Yeah, well, I, lo- I love doing that as well. I'm, I'm a big Christmas break man, but I'm squeezing a little, a, le- a little holiday before before then. But let me tell you, it's coming at a great time, right? Because let me tell you the fucking week I've had, right? Um, uh, we, I, I just nonstop tradesmen coming into the house <laughs> this past week, and I mean that's inconvenient for most people. But when you're uh, a, 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 a tradeless little loser like me, who has to sit there playing with his Game Boy while the while the real men <laughs> while the real men come in to clean up your garden and and fix your pipes and and all that other shit, uh, it's quite emasculating. So I've had all I've had all that going on. Um, the 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 ongoing saga of, of the tree in our garden got resolved this week. I don't I don't think I, I went into too much detail on it in, in on the podcast in the past, but the the short version is we had a leg- legitimately like one hundred foot not not wrestling measurement real measurement one hundred foot uh, tree in our garden that we thought oh that's nice that's a nice little feature there and we saw we got a lad in to, to inspect it to see if we could just trim some of the branches just tidy it up he came in and he was like oh that's fucked no that thing's rotten to the core it's gonna it could fall at any day and just demolish your newly bought house so I was like right that's bad. And then we had to get other people in to come in and first of all confirm that, get a second opinion. They all agreed, and then and then they're like, "Yeah, it's got to go. It's absolutely gigantic, and it could fall in the bad weather." And it was like, um, my house is terraced. Obviously, I'm adjoined to houses on either side, so I have no side access. And behind me is a school, so there's no rear access. So everyone who was coming in saying, "Yeah, that tree's fucked. You need to get rid of it." But also, it's going to cost you a pretty penny, baby, because we're going to have to get to the biggest crane a man has ever seen in his life to literally go over the roof of your building from your front garden yeah. and uh, have, have lads climb up. So because it was it was a big, gigantic beach. It was tall, but it was also thick, big, massive thing going into my neighbor's gardens on both sides of me. Um, uh, and so basically what they, what they ended up doing, obviously we got it done this week. They came in, they would climb up and they chainsaw a branch off and instead of falling to the ground, it was attached to this crane. And so it would go over the house. It was really spectacular. And I have to say the lads we got did a phenomenal job. It was really, it was impressive day's work, but the fucking anxiety, like we've only just gotten, we've only moved into this street. And so we went to all, all the neighbors and said, Hey, we're going to have a crane in our front garden, um, you know, tomorrow, and um, but just you know, you'll just have to just drive around this a little bit when you're coming in and out of the estate. Oh my god, this this there was no going around this fucking crane. It was the biggest fucking thing. It was legitimately the biggest piece of like equipment I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. <laughs> and like, that's saying was, something. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is like like Stone Cold Steve Austin wouldn't have even stolen this to because he would have killed Vince McMahon with it if he if he if he hijacked it. It was absolutely huge. It took up the whole street. We had to knock on a neighbor's door to ask them to move their car. Oh, my. It was a whole calamity. Like I said, we just moved in. We're having to do all this. But, you know, and then there was the fucking price tag on it, which I won't get into. But let's just say, lads, it was a big fucking gigantic bill. Neither of us were expecting here. So we got that done. The second thing we got done this week was um, we got a stove installed, right, ahead of these winter months. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, none of this paying extortionate gas and electric prices. We got a stove in the living room, and we're going to you know, burn good old-fashioned you know, wood blocks and things like that to keep us warm. And that's great. Great purchase, super warm, loving it. But this guy comes to install it, right, and he, he pulls up to the, the front door. And he opens up the back of his van and he keeps our front door open because he's kind of coming in and out of the house, bringing pieces, drilling things. About 40 minutes into the into the operation, he turns to Brona 
my girlfriend and yeah uh, he's like um is this a uh is this a nice area nice street and she goes yeah yeah really nice, really nice really quiet mostly families a couple of old people you know it's it's very 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 nice street we live on and he's like all right it's just there's um i'm missing a a, a screw and she had a screw, and he was like, yeah, uh, like for the top of a drill. And it was, it was a very odd way of phrasing it, but we basically parsed out that it seems like he was missing a drill bit, you yeah, know, like the top that say, goes yeah, into the top. Yeah, of the, yeah. I, he, he kept saying a screw. I was like, you talk about a, a screw that's about like one cent worth of nickel from you, you, like from the hardware shop. But uh, we eventually parsed out that it was a drill. And he was like, is this is good neighborhood? I was like, are you? Are you, asking, are, you tr- are you trying to say in the 40 minutes you have been here that someone came over and he was back and forth between the vans. So this person must have like like a, a cartoon character sneaking along doing a big t- exaggerated tiptoe motion and stole one drill one bit drill out of the back here. Yeah, yeah, one drill tip. And again, he's a proper, you know, he's a, he was a, a stove installation guy. So he had tons of equipment. But this person came along and stole a drill bit, right? And he goes, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this job, right? So he so he gets on the so first of all he came at like eleven and it was supposed to be like a two or three hour job three tops he left at five p.m. okay so he was there for about six hours doing this right because he was getting on the phone ringing the company and going uh, can you can uh, another person come out and bring some blah blah blah, blah, blah whatever with him then he'd come out and then he'd be chatting to him for a half hour about about the drama that happened the drill bit that went missing and then he goes to um uh, he goes to Brody's like well like, can I just I I'll have to ask your neighbors and we were, and again this was after the fucking trees so like not really first of all they i don't think they stole your little drill bit i don't think they came out of their house the second they saw a handyman's van and said you know what i'll do i'll get a a, a p2 phillips head uh, uh screwdriver top off of this coin yeah, won't take the um, whole drill no i won't take the drill i won't rob the van like it's gta i'll just take a little drill bit he even fucking, if even if you ask them, what are they going to say? Yeah, what are you going to knock on the door and ask? Yeah, Did you steal the yeah, me. You got no. me. Well, yeah. when you said that he asked if, if, if is it a nice neighborhood, I thought that he was going to ask you to go knock on doors to ask if anyone just had one. Well, so here's the thing: he did knock on our immediate next door neighbor's door. Going ahead, had they seen anything? And we live next door to some, so we have a family on one side of us, and we have some students on the other side. And the students, answered, we were actually surprised they were home because of college day. But you well, know, time students don't go to college. So. Students don't go to college, and they answered the door, and I wasn't present for this. But everyone told me they were, they had no fucking clue what this person was on about. And they're quite nice and well behaved. Again, they 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 cooperate with. They moved their car for the fucking tree guy. They dealt with this fucking guy. So I was so embarrassed. And so, and then he started talking about how he was going to ring the guards and like. I was like, you're going to ring the guards and tell them that you you had a drill bit stolen out of your van and nothing else. And again, this would have been this would have had to have been the flash whizzing past to 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 like one of the instances where he was going into the living room before he turned around to get another piece and someone whizzed by as fast as humanly possible to get it. So like eventually, like I, and the funny thing is, he said he'd finish the job and then speak to the guards. We have not we have not been contacted by the police as of this recording. So maybe. <laughs> So I don't know if when he called, so he other people came out, not just to look for the drip, but other people had to come out as part of the job. So I don't know if other people said to him, um, don't do that. We'll get you, we'll, we'll, we'll pay the, the 2P to get, a, to get a replacement drill bit. Don't ring the guards on this customer of ours. He wasn't accusing us of taking it, but he wanted, I guess he, he wanted CSI to come down yeah. and comb the area. Um, he wanted a, re- a reconstruction in the street. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. A reconstruction. You have to get the crane back as well, just to make it authentic. It was like a classic Sky One series cold case, where it's just flashing <laughs> back and forth between from me and me, circa twenty minutes ago, uh, where I was describing where I was. 
Um, but yeah, anyway. I'm waiting for this to end in a punchline where the other person come and went, Bill, look in your ear, lad. And then the ear or that. Well, so I, I, as far as I was aware, there was no resolution. Now, the resolution, now he, to my great shock, he was able to finish the job. And it was it is a fantastic addition to the house and we're delighted with it. But yeah, oh my God. And here, and here twice as long as he was expecting because he was ringing people and getting people to drive out. And oh my God, knocking on neighbors' doors. So embarrassing. But um, yes, so the holiday is well-timed because there's been nonstop house stuff. Uh, Rosie, our beloved dog, had the shits uh, uh, last weekend, which oh. was great. Um, nothing, nothing too serious health-wise. We, we we tried some new food with her, and yeah. the results were not good, baby. So we, we switched back to the good old-fashioned Tesco bag, which uh, she likes. So um, it has been a week, but yes, the the, the holiday is, is 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 coming along at a prime uh, prime moment. But yeah, very eventful week here. Uh, the ongoing saga of this this wonderful house. What about you, boys? How, what's what? What about the news is taking your fancy this week? Uh, be it be it real world news or personal news or wrestling news. What do you what do you, what what's up next on the agenda for you boys? Well, I had a lot of expenses as well. I took my car in for its NCT. I don't oh, know if no. that's a, a universally used acronym, by the way. Uh, MOT in the UK, isn't it? MOT, yeah. Where you take your car to do its little exam to see if it still works. Do Americans have an equivalent of that? I don't think they do. Do they have a... It's like a yearly thing where you have to get the... I suppose you have Wild West over there. Not to generalize, but Americans are wanking themselves off driving cars from the 60s still. (laughs) I mean, that sounds cool. (laughs) 62 Mustang. Um, So I took my little 07 uh, Golf in. And, uh, ooh, failed and dangerous, baby. Oh, I wasn't expecting that now. Problem with the bonnet. Uh, the bonnet. Now, w- since I received the car, I had never opened the bonnet. Okay. The car has never done anything but work perfectly, so I've never had reason to open the bonnet. So they opened it during the test, couldn't get it closed properly again. Uh, apparently, there was a problem with the latch. Um, so I took it in anyway to the garage to get that fixed, as well as there was some wear and tear issues that a car of its age, 15 years now, you, basically just once a year, you kind of need to get the transmission and brake pads, the discs replaced. Which yeah. Is fine. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it cost me 340 Europeans oh, to get um, to get the little uh, patch done on it, and then it'll go in for its test again. But uh didn't expect that uh, because that car had passed its test a year ago and it had hardly been used since then. So I don't know yeah. where these um, issues have come from, but failed on failed on a few things and, and had to get that repaired. So that's all good now. Um, in good news, I've been keeping up the old uh, running I've been doing at the gym. I think I touched oh, yes. on this last time. Can't I use the car. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I, I, I drove to the gym just today. Okay. Um, so my, my, my ongoing goal to run a sub 25 minute 5k, uh, which I'm working towards bit by bit. Right. So I started this in the gym, I don't know, maybe three or four weeks ago, running a very slow 40 minute 5k. So I already have it knocked down to 32 and a half minutes. Uh, pretty good. Um, improvement but obviously at the beginning you're gonna improve quite quickly before the gains kind of even off Mm. but uh yeah what i so what i do is i i run 45 minutes on the treadmill if i pass five kilometers i just keep going okay 
and I, so I did six and three quarter kilometers today. And what I do is I oscillate the speed I'm running at. That's what I like about using the treadmill as opposed to running in the wild. Um, is you can choose especially, you know, specifically the speed. So I started today at eight point six kilometers an hour, and I I run that for five minutes, and then I go up by 0.5. so from eight point six to nine point one. Run that for five minutes, go down by four to eight point seven. Then go up to 9.2, 8.8, 9.3. And so I finish running 10 minutes at 9.5. So, there's, you know, even within the run, there's a, a variance of 0.8 kilometers an hour. Mm. So, yeah, I, today especially, I've I, I been running for 20 minutes and I hit that mental block that you get sometimes when you get into jogging or whatever. Where you're like, oh, I'm not feeling it today. The body's uh, complaining. Uh, but stuck with it for another 25 minutes and, and, got through that so happy with the progress so far uh, obviously the goal speed that i have to reach to run a sub 25 minute 5k is 12 kilometers an hour so i've just hit my top speed at the moment i'm hitting is 9.5 so i'm still two and a half kilometers an hour away but hopefully sooner than later i'll be able to achieve that i think i've ever run a 25 minute 5k before so that'll be that was it sounds pretty intense yeah but, but that's the thing is not only am i increasing the speed every time but i'm keeping the time that i'm running is always 45 minutes so i'm getting faster and running further at, literally every time i go so it's always an improvement from the time before um and i'm not doing any weights or any of that anymore I gave all that up <laughs> just yeah. running now and covered in sweat yeah, covered in sweat when I when I'm finished. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's the news from what I've been doing personally. Okay, uh, Joe, do you have any updates? Um, I bought a tablet. Oh hell yeah, tablets are great. We love say. a tablet. I um, because I I had one that I bought. God, I think I bought it in like 2014 or something, yeah. like a long time ago, and it was secondhand, so it wasn't even a new one. But it was it was very good. It was an Android, you know, little Samsung Galaxy Android. Served me well for many years. Um, left it at my mum's house when I moved out several years ago. Went and retrieved it. Turned it on. Obviously, nothing will install on it now because it's you know they just age out after yeah. seven or eight years, so nothing can install on it. Try and watch YouTube, and it can only run like 180p video it's really i was like time for you to retire my friend you've, you've done well but yeah. you're going back in the cupboard um so purchased a little um microsoft surface go to oh, no, wow. go three or go to whichever the recent one is i can't remember um but yeah it's very nice very nice little kit it's 10 inches um yeah. basically it's a it's it's more like a laptop because it runs. Yeah, it runs Windows Eleven. Um, it's just like a not particularly powerful laptop, but yeah, I like the fact you can. You know, if I do need to take it away to the US or anything, I can take it and do a bit of work on that. And rather, which you can't really get done on a tablet because it's more just for fun. Um, yeah, and so far it's it's pretty good. Um, yeah, I kind of some of the reviews weren't brilliant of it, but I think they were reviewing it more as a laptop. Right. than a tablet, whereas I see it primarily as a tablet. Like, I want to watch Netflix and yes. Disney Plus on it, so that's great. And then I can also use it as a laptop occasionally. So, yeah, very pleased with it so far. Yeah, I love tablets. I think I, since I got my iPad, 
quality of life has improved drastically. Clapping <laughs> yeah. down in front of the TV if there's if there's a game mm. of football on or something, have the tablet, do whatever I need, look at Twitter or that. Although yeah. I will say, you saying it's a lovely bit of kit is 10 inches definitely would have made the Scott McAvoy uh, quiz. Um, <laughs> Along with biggest piece of machinery I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's, yeah. Yeah. That is the other thing with it. Obviously, I normally when we're watching TV, I've got my phone on the go and my laptop on the go because uh, I'm a, a two and addicted. one. I'm addicted to screens, mm, uh, and, and I spend I spend most of my time like leaning forward onto the coffee table, <laughs> typing on the laptop. Bad for your back. And I, I, I literally in the morning I can't get out. Yeah, like, I have to like shuffle to the edge of the bed and just sort of plop off. Um, so hopefully, <laughs> using this will mean I spend less time hunched over. Yeah. Uh, typing so that's good as well yeah no excellent you can't beat a good tech purchase no, um, that 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 the unboxing the the setting it all up the marveling at the screen and all that yeah i've i like i, I obviously with my opening uh life golf gambit there i the, the frivolous purchases aren't uh uh you know coming too thick and fast but i, I don't know about you paul as as the other big mm. game rather i I, I bloody want a Steam Deck so bad. <laughs> I don't know if you've any interest, but I really want a Steam Deck. Yeah, I mean, I've always um, idealized about having a portable emulation Thingy. system. Because obviously we do we do what we do with the Series S. But it would yeah. be great to have something that you could just have on the go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've always considered it, but I don't know if that would be really top my priorities at the moment no and that's the thing yeah obviously not like it's just because it's i think it was just when they announced that they were now shipping straight away you didn't have to do any of that waiting list yeah. bullshit. i was like oh i'd love that mate i'd bloody love that yeah because i have a little handheld emulator which does up to ps1 that's coming with me on my holidays actually that's going to be an invaluable thing because oh. i have like fucking i don't even know how many things games are on that it's mental because it's just like even just on the main arcade emulator i've got like eight thousand games it's mental but like, oh, bloody Steam Deck, though, pal. Oh, okay. oh I, can, I could even... And it's the funny thing is, because it's like, I see so much, so much, like, content online about emulating stuff on it and what the incredible performance is like. But then it also plays Steam games. It's right there in the name. Oh, it's mm. like, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, but that's... Um, you, we, we love a good tech purchase on this on this program. Yes. Um, uh, anyway, uh, speaking of tech... Um, uh, Twitter has been good this week for the first time in in, in, in a couple of months. Really, I mean, it's been, it, it hasn't been the best year, but it's been a good week, I would say. Yeah, I don't know. What, I don't know what they're doing. It's it's very odd. Ever since Elon Musk came in as the uh, the new raw general manager of Twitter, <laughs> yeah. um, like you know, even looking at it from from a business perspective, right? The the obvious thing is you know whether. Twitter's financials are in order or whatever the situation is there. How can they monetize things as quickly and as easy as possible? Now, obviously, with the old tick, the little blue tick, that's obviously very uh, valued as a commodity by people who don't have it. Um, However, I think (laughs) giving it out for $8 a month is, is too fundamental a change to the way the platform works. And has resulted, as we've seen already, in a lot of uh, uh, aggro for companies that use it. You, the, I, I saw, the, I think the best example was the Nintendo of America uh, account that popped up with a lovely big check checkbox beside it that had like Mario giving the finger. Oh, I loved it. 
you know, and yeah, obviously the thing is Nintendo, the actual N- Nintendo of America, looking at that, going, mm, "This, this is no good." <laughs> and what what companies think about their use of Twitter based on how easy it is in, in, the, in the current environment? That seems like every day they're adding stuff and taking stuff down. It's very volatile at the moment. Mm. But you look at that from a, an external company point of view and say, "This tool is the fucking wild west. We need to get away from this as soon as possible." Mm. Very, very strange. But it's as if the, the changes are happening so quickly. Uh, like it, it seemed like they weren't the best thought out in the first place. But it seems like it's just getting worse and worse and worse with every passing day. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're also now in a position, I mean, Twitter's never been particularly profitable. But no. they're now in a position where because of the way he bought the company, they're paying a billion a year just on interest on the loans. So it's kind of a Glazers at Man United situation. Yes. You know, he's used he used the debt to buy the company and now the company has to pay off the debt. And so <laughs> and now they don't have any money and they've fired all the employees. I, yeah. I, I expect at some point you're just gonna log on and it just won't it will say four oh four. Yeah. You'll get a server error. There just won't be a yeah. website anymore, which is um yeah. yeah, that's that's been particularly felt here in Ireland. The Twitter and Meta both have uh offices here in Dublin and there's been big job losses mm. uh, on both. I know a few people who work for those companies and mm. very unfortunate. And, you know, Dublin has been a kind of tech hope for Europe for a long time. And I wonder if we're going to start moving away from that direction as a lot of companies pull out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's weird because Twitter is something that I use more often than you might think based on my output. I obviously don't tweet a lot, but I've always used Twitter as a kind of a news feed, I guess, more mm. than a social or communicative tool. Um, so, yeah, it would be a huge pain in my ass if it went away or, or changed, again, fundamentally how it works. Yeah. Um, the idea of having a check, uh, a, blue, a blue tick, excuse me, and also underneath an official label, uh, so monumentally stupid as a solution. Like, are, are we going to get to the point where it's like, formula one driver with all the logos <laughs> yeah, on. yeah um like okay whatever about the 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 money that's understandable but there's like core values of how the website works and what mm. makes the website you know appealing to users that they've been like oh let's change all that stuff it's, it's such a turnoff like i hate it but there's really no true alternative you, you see ideas pop up for replacements right or substitutes uh mastodon i think is probably the most high profile version of that but you know it seems like other other startups that that seem to to want to replace twitter are are two again fundamentally different to what twitter actually is yeah that doesn't make that uh viable uh replacement um which is a pain yeah i mean look twitter is a very simple idea even pre-elon musk it seemed like there was too much faffing with a formula that worked yeah mm-hmm. um needlessly so like the most uh, even to this day i think the most annoying thing they did was the introduction of the algorithm home option over the latest tweets like yes. the fact that the tweets are chronological is one of the fa- foundational values that made the, the, the platform work um so what are we going to do we're we just going to use instagram we'll all be on instagram oh. now <laughs> or uh what, what's the uh the right wing one um Parlay, <laughs> whatever it's oh, called. Parler, yeah. yeah. No, they don't, parler, they don't, like, okay, they don't like the French. They don't like the French. No, no, no. 
I don't know. Like that's obviously, to my mind, the closest to Twitter. I don't I, like. I don't know what's going to happen. It's very, very strange. But then, uh, I think was it Jay Bauman of Red Letter Media? I think he tweeted earlier that it's just like, if Twitter, if Twitter disappears, I'm just going to fucking disappear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought he's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like, fair enough. But again, to that point, I only use Twitter really for checking the scores of the football or whatever or seeing the 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 team news i don't really use it for uh, having a chat with someone normally yeah so that's that's twitter you know um we'll see we'll see where it goes i still uh see we we don't have the option of buying the the tick over here so there goes my plan of uh of um setting up at vince mcmahon real and, uh, <laughs> getting verified and saying, oh, "Well, I won't even get into it." But um, yeah, that's uh, that's unfortunately not going to happen. But yeah, that is um, uh, that is Twitter. I suppose on the on the Vince McMahon uh, uh, segue there, we've got some now somewhat outdated wrestling news to talk about from last week. Um, we had the return to television, folks, last week of one Mister uh, Scott Colton. Who shares a bank account with his mother? Um, uh, back to uh, AEWTV on the same week that we got our first um, uh, fucking goofy fucking Thanos snap uh, elite shite uh, uh, on uh, <laughs> on Dynamite. So it seems it seems like, and now obviously this week we then had uh, CM Punk showing up in some uh, uh, fucking uh, UFC NXT show. Um, uh, to do commentary. Yeah, it was weird because it was 2005. CM Punk who showed up. Yeah, yeah, Some it was time travel going on. Very bizarre uh, uh, outfit, but he showed up back. You know, back uh, in in a UFC adjacent uh, uh, show to do commentary, and so it seems like it's the the die has been cast, and and the elite the elite are all bought advertised for full gear. Basically, um, yeah. uh, at this stage, and Punk is all bought confirmed. To be out of the company. It's funny that like there's still been zero official statement in any capacity on this. Um, I I would imagine at a certain point they're going to have to come out and say CM Punk is released. I have to imagine they come out and use those words, although they they are still yeah. selling a Christmas bauble of him on the website. So uh, yeah, I think he's still on their active roster. Yeah, he's still on the cover of the fucking video game as well. Yes. Um, although I don't know that him showing up on this MMA show is necessarily a sign of anything. Um, well, he, yeah. he remained. The, the, he he never. He was never released from UFC, was he? It was just. I think he was. I was he? Was. I, 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 I I'm not sure. Well, UFC doesn't do announcements, really. Of, of I suppose, yeah. So it was. It was a little bit vague. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> immediately after his second fight, Dana was saying, "We're not going to use this guy again." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's any resistance to him going anywhere or doing anything. Uh, yeah, he made he made reference. Uh, an allusion to uh, fights, yeah. During his 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 little spiel there on, on commentary, which I thought was uh, interesting. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think my feelings on the whole thing are, are the fact that this is still very very sad that this wasn't the situation that could be seemingly um, resolved through fucking being the bigger man and. <laughs> apologizing and both sides apologize and shake hands and be professional and yeah 
you know, very odd, very odd situation. And, and not only could they not resolve it, but uh, Tony Khan going with the old, let's get Cole Cabana right back on Chelly. Um, yes, I mean, that was notable. That was, sure. and it, I mean, it, that's not just because it, it's it, like, that's not just, okay, tears in my eyes, shaking Phil's hand. I hope to see you down the road. You know, Tony, and we, we know Tony Khan can be a messy bitch when he's in a bad mood. Um, <laughs> and that's that's not just, I'm going to use a guy you don't like. That that was very indirect. I'm going to tell, even if it's not even true, I'm going to let the audience speculate on, oh, well, it must have been true. Punk must have got him fucking blacklisted, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, the timing TK, of it, I think, is the most Yeah, T- TK, uh, uh, you know, addressing his enemies there. Um, it's, it's funny. I mean, and then on the on the elite side of things, I'm kind of like, I I like the three of them as wrestlers, and I think you know Kenny was only just back from injury, so Kenny yes. still has a lot on the table. But I, I I just don't feel like there's a ton on the table in the future for them. Um, and I I you know it's funny if I if I was to say who should probably go the way of Cody soon i'd be like oh, i was like the young bucks have won titles and turned face and turned heel and wrestled everyone 17 times um so listen mm. it'll be cool to see them back and and the fucking roster is obviously hurting at the moment but i i can't i can't act like i'm bowled over with excitement that punk is gone and these three are, are coming mm. back if we're if we're being really honest you know yeah i feel the same about the bucks i think kenny is still a valuable asset yeah and i i think the the way they've brought them back with the video promos could have been done with a a dash more excitement to it maybe a dash more mystery to it um yeah the 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 the, the dissolve out videos and the uh clicking the the adobe premiere video or whatever those were <laughs> you know i'd rather you know you know take take a, a leaf out of a Levesque's book with the, the the Bray Wyatt stuff and have some mystery to you know intrigue some, yeah yeah I know we we're talking about the masked singer the last day as well like some clues about who this mystery person or persons is going to be and have some speculation about it rather than a a, a bland video yeah here's um, a hint I am the current Ring of Honor champion baby. <laughs> 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 the Ocho. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be happy to see the three of them back. I do think your point on Cody is, is absolutely on the ball, though, in that we're obviously all AW fans and, and you want the best people to be around. But in retrospect, like Cody going to WWE was absolutely the right decision. Totally. For, for all involved. Yeah. And at the end of the day, free movement of talent from from one side to the other i think is 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 a net positive you know yeah i, I know I'm, I'm saying the obvious here and coming off like this is a a really oh, erudite point geez. and like what, what an epiphany but the more you see of like what how cody is getting on over there and and the freshness of having an aw star in WWE only improves WWE, and, and i think vice versa would be the, the same as well yeah I mean, you can have stagnation, of course. I think, yeah, the Young Bucks have more or less done it all. Still capable of having a really fantastic match here and there. But who have they left to to, to face? Like the acclaimed? <laughs> yeah. They've done FTR. They've done the Lucha Bros. Yeah. Maybe they could wrestle Shibata now that he's back. Maybe, fighting. yes, that he's back. What a What a... Bizarre situation that was. Yeah, so last week Shibata came out on 
dynamite to challenge Orange Cassidy for that week's uh, uh, rampage. Yeah. And uh, they just had a match, had a, had a fun, uh, fun little TV match. It wasn't nothing yeah. crazy good, but it was a proper match. And how odd! I, you know, I, I just, I don't really understand what his status is because he's having these yeah. like exhibitions in New Japan, and they resemble real matches anyway. So, like, I, I but very weird, very, very weird, but cool yeah, nonetheless. This is his third match. Back this is his third injury? one because yeah. he had the the Zack Saber Junior. You know, no striking exhibition. Was it Naito the second one, or was it one of the young younger kids? I don't remember. I, oh, I can't like remember. Narita or something. I think it was like Ren Narita. Yeah, yeah. And that was one that was supposed to be. Yeah, a, and he just was like, "Fuck it, we're having." And a match. he was just like, "We're just having a match." But apparently, that was a <laughs> that was a shoot, brother. Um, so and this one was pretty much a match. It was great. Yeah, it, it, it just was. It just was a match. Yeah. I, I wonder, was it some kind of like, um. He's technically cleared, but you know, kind of like what you know, the stories that were said about Brian before he before WWE eventually cleared him to come back, where it was mm. kind of like he's cleared, but they don't want him to be cleared, so they're not using him, and then eventually they gave in. And mm. is it is it a kind of a New Japan doesn't want him coming in and doing a full on Shibata match, but he's like, all right, well, just, New Japan style is obviously a bit harder hitting than a match yeah. Cassidy is going to be. So maybe that's why they were kind of like, look, if you want to go, if you want to go to the U S and fucking headbutt someone US on style matches, Tony Khan's ma- a watch, go ahead. Well, that's it. Yeah, exactly. He's not going to go over and do that. He's going to do a, a, an orange Cassidy style match. So yeah, no, it was, it was cool. It was great to see him and he looked well. And, and, and it was, uh, it was, a, it was a legitimate surprise as well. I was not expecting him to show up. And this is, this is kind of a new phenomenon, right? Is wrestlers who have kind of been told to retire, take years off, let you know i don't speak i'm not a, i'm not a doctor no Sorry to say. but like their bodies heal up over the course of years and then you know maybe they're okay to have a match i mean we we, we not only had shibata but we had this wasn't on our run list or on our rundown but uh page announcing finally conclusively that she is uh clear to wrestle uh in the midst of a, a very good albeit a promo that reminded me a bit of pat butcher screaming in the queen vic um on an episode of eastenders um but yeah i mean i don't know this is this this is obviously something that never happened really before i guess because there wasn't as much medical knowledge around uh, cet and spinal stenosis type injuries uh that you you just kind of had wrestlers wrestle themselves mm-hmm. into a wheelchair basically now you have you know quite early retirements and then years off, and then they return. I yeah. mean, it's an interesting situation. You know, every time, not so much now because he's, he's wrestled much, but in the early days, you see you know, Brian Danielson wrestle. And and this was true of the Shibata match uh, the last weekend is you, you, you're half watching the match and half just thinking, just be okay. Just don't fucking collapse at some point. It's something horrible happened, mm-hmm. you know? And I think the page match at the pay-per-view, I'm going to have a little bit of that as well, where it's like, I just hope nothing bad happens. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. I, I remember, I remember the most heart in my mouth match I think I've ever watched. I remember it was uh, probably the la- Hogan's last match, I would say, the Sting Hogan match, which, 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 <laughs> which turned out. Which turned out great in the end because it had the great Hulk up spot at the end, yeah. which was fantastic. But it's just like 
when, like a couple of minutes in and he took a proper flat back bump i was like oh my god i'm gonna watch a person get crippled in this match i'm genuinely gonna watch a person be wheelchair bound for the rest yeah. of their life because he because he had had 17 fucking so and to be fair to, to tna they had woven it into the storyline as well they, had, they were doing this he was barely signed barely in the door and they're like terry you are so old you are so fucking old and useless please don't have any matches <laughs> it was a very funny time um but yeah i mean this look i mean look she's cleared but um yeah it's just it's 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 a very odd era we're living in where people come back and as we've seen with brian and christian edge, and stuff is like so. an edge but, but but these guys like they get they then tend to also get terribly i suppose get, getting injured also comes with the fact that these guys are like 40 now do you know what i mean or, or high 40 yeah i mean know? chris christian recently okay was it was a elbow injury mm. it wasn't to do with his pre-existing injuries you mm. know yeah so but it'll be interesting to see how how she does there's also the, the whole ring rust thing um, you know, um, but yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk more about the Soraya uh, Brit thing. Soraya, um, yeah. Well, I mean, I wish I, 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 I don't know. Is there like a copyright thing, or do they maybe want not want people googling her family or something? But why do they call her like Soraya Knight? Just calling her Soraya, I think, is is silly. It's very, um, it's very, you know, mid two thousands diva one name. You know, I don't know. I kind of like how Soraya rolls off the tongue. As opposed to Soraya oh, Knight. Hello. Oh, oh, that's terrible. That's um, what the mustache is for. Um, yeah, I've never, I've never even thought about it since you, just that you brought it up. Soraya Knight. I don't know. Okay. Soraya Knight is a little, a little indie riffic for me. I think. Ooh, no last name. Right, Vince. No last names. Sorry. <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh, before we jump on to our various other guffs, oh, on the subject of our, our various other guffs, I will say I was I was looking in my spam folders the other day, and we got an email that I missed about a fucking oh. month ago at this stage from Michelle. Well, before, before you read that email, I'm going to jump. Sorry, Michelle. I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to read it because because she literally said she liked the new format. That's all she wanted to say. Oh. So I wanted to get that feedback read on air that she liked it and she wants us to stick to it. And I apologize for taking one. For some reason, my Squarespace. Uh, uh, messages go to spam so okay. i was looking there during the day but anyway we're, we're not going to jump ships Thanks just yet sure. yeah we do have uh, a little uh, we have full gear next weekend obviously and not quite as important but also important uh, the world cup yes uh, is going to be on so i know we do our our year end predictions our year start predictions we also do our, our premier league predictions very very small i've only got four categories here we're going to do a little World Cup prediction. Um, I obviously don't have the tables in front of me and how exactly the brackets work. So I don't have like a runner-up third place, fourth place. I don't know. We'll have a winner, golden boot, and then an overachiever and underachiever team prediction as well. Um, so i'll come out and let me have a look at the teams here who are in it uh who do i think will win the world cup um i think it's interesting this year because i think a lot of the big teams that you would typically associate your germany's france spain i think they're this is probably the weakest they've all been in a little while i think france is probably still the favorite but i think france now is a weaker france than they were when they won the World Cup four years ago. Um, I'll go for uh, return of a great football nation. I'll go for Brazil to win it. Brazil. Uh, I'll go for Argentina. Oh, 
their neighbours in South America. Yeah. Barry, who do you reckon is going to win the World Cup? Um, America. The United States of America. Yeah. That, okay. Yeah. So I, when I said I'm going to sort out America, what I actually meant, I'm going to Qatar and I'm going yeah, to cheer you, on You the know, this is, this is the, the men's World Cup, right? Uh, oh, so you got a problem with the women, do you? Oh. <laughs> I was talking about the Women's World Cup. Maybe you guys assumed it. Otherwise, that's your problem. You know. Oh, did I assume your answer is gender? Yes, you did. Classic okay. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think is going to win the Golden Boot? Who's going to score the most goals? Um, I'm going to say that it might be... Mm, I might go for a, a Mbappe score a lot of goals for France what do you reckon Joe um I will say Harry Kane big Harry Harry Kane and Barry what was the question who gonna score the most goals uh, oh God! Um, Ronaldo. Oh. That's right, Ronaldo. I saw. I think Jamie Carragher was predicting Portugal to get to the finals. So it was Portugal, Argentina. He said. So you have a good chance of that. Uh, overachieving country. I'm going to go. I think they overachieved a little bit in the Euros, but I'm going to go for them again. Denmark. You know, get further than you might expect. Um, I am gonna plump for Iran. Iran. Mm. All right. And Barry, given that you predicted that USA are gonna win, do you want to throw in a different company to to overachieve? Uh, no, I'll stick with America because you're doubting them, and okay. uh, um, and you know, yeah, being sexist. And a country that's gonna underachieve. Uh. I might go for, hmm, I might go for Croatia. On the, they got to the final last time, but I think they're gonna. I think they got a very old team. I think they're gonna struggle. I was very nearly going to say England, but you. I shan't. <laughs> uh, I'll say Portugal. Portugal. Oh, very. Yeah. Uh, I'll say Qatar. To underachieve, yeah, they'll have they'll probably have to be beaten eight nil in each of their games. But yeah, that is even that's possible. Okay, Qatar. I mean, they've already underachieved as hosts oh, of yeah. the tournament on human rights. If, mm. an, if another country leaves this year's World Cup tournament with a higher body count, something has gone terribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's our news done for today. I've saved that file. I'll, I'll we'll come back to it after the World we Cup. We will. Finished come back to that but before we get into our other segments uh, on, on, on this show I do believe we have a quiz 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 yes. quiz we do have a quiz we do we do um, <laughs> that's a quiz noise now this is a quiz noise. we've changed the format everything's new everything's new is that the quiz klaxon I hear <laughs> um, 
So we have a quiz. As it is the 25th anniversary of the Montreal oh, Survivor great. Series screw job this week, yes, we have a Brett Hitman Heart themed quiz. So oh. just to cheer him up because he might be thinking, looking back and going, <laughs> oh, I remember, no. remember when I got screwed or oh, what was rubbish? Anyway, here's a good quiz to cheer me up. Uh, and um, can I just say it wasn't real, by the way? Yeah, it was work. It was fake. Fake work. Um. So I've got nine statistics, uh, no, numbers related to the Hitman's career. Okay. And I'm going to give each of you a chance to guess the statistic in question. So it won't be, it's not going to be like how many times did he hold the t- WWF title? That would okay. be obvious. It, you know, various statistics you can have a guess at, and whoever's closest will win the point. So there'll be no tiebreakers. We're going to have a, a winner for each question. Okay. So. Um, we shall start off with a with a ceremonial coin toss. So uh, I will let Barry pick. Would you like the uh, Disneyland 1988 Happy New Year side or the silver pin side? Uh, 88 was a good year, so I'll go with the 88 side. I was born in 88. Yeah, it was a good year. 88 it is, Barry, so you get Hell to choose. Yeah. Would you like to go okay. first or second? I'll go first. Okay, you'll go first. So... Uh, Barry first, in Brett's career, how many total matches did he have, according to cagematch.net? Ooh, our friends over at cagematch. Let me see here. I mean, well, every wrestler says 300 matches a year, so um, that's obviously true. Uh, um, (laughs) uh, God. I will say... 3,000. Okay, 3,000. Yeah, I was going to go higher on the same. I was going to say, well, 300 a year. And I'd say he was active. Well, he obviously was active up until the injury with Goldberg in 98, I guess. And he probably did he debut maybe around 80, 80, early 80s, probably properly doing 300 a year, maybe 84, 85 ish. So I'd say, I'd say a bit closer to about 4,000. I was initially going to say four, yeah. Wow, okay. Both your guesses are in. Uh, the real answer was 2,932. Wow. So, Barry, you're only 68 off. So I'm pretty Barry, happy with that. Very good. Barry gets the point there. Yeah, of course, his career was cut short fairly. Early, yes. So yeah. Probably didn't have as many as some people. Okay. So, Paul, to go first on this next one. Yeah. The year of Bret Hart's first match. Oh, well, I just hypothesized on that. Mm. I would say... Around 1984, give 1984 or take. 1984 for Paul, Barry, your guess? I'm going to say 81. 1981 for Barry. Well, the correct answer is actually 1978 oh, in Stampede Wrestling. I nearly went so, in the 70s, yeah. As, as, yeah. As, a, as a very old 12-year-old. Because I was because I was like yeah I was thinking I was like oh, he didn't he, yeah. he didn't have a ten year career we know he didn't have a ten year career he had it closer to a twenty year career yeah yeah he, I think he was in WWF by eighty four yeah he was he was oh, already showing up of, there that's probably yeah. what I was thinking of yeah. as opposed to yeah wrestling with Stu and the boys sure um, so next Barry goes first the attendance at Wembley Stadium for SummerSlam nineteen ninety two oh god and this is like. So commonly discussed, and I cannot think of it. And they 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 just put out a fucking Blu-ray of of the the thingy. You got that, Joe, didn't you? No, 
I, you like it then? No. I took a picture of it in HMV. But I didn't actually buy it. <laughs> I did see. I did see some grousing. Justifiably, uh, it's not like remastered in any significant mm. way. It is just the show in four by three format on a Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I'll say seventy-eight thousand five hundred. Seventy-eight thousand five hundred. No, I Ooh. think it might be closer to about. Ooh, do I want to go higher than that? Because Wembley, but this obviously was the old Wembley. I still think it was quite a quite a big stadium. Yeah. Um. No, will it be bigger? I mean, it looked like it, it was. I know. I'll go, I'll go, dangerously I'll go, full inside that building. I'll go eighty, 80 eighty-two thousand. Okay. Eighty-two thousand for Paul. So the correct answer was. 78,927. So uh, Barry was four, 427 out. Fucking hell, I'm better at this than I was The only quiz I've ever been good at. <laughs> so, well, Barry's storming ahead. He's three ahead. But we've got six six questions left. So okay. Only have time to catch up, Paul. Um, so, Paul to go first on this next one. Number of days between Brett's first WWF world title victory and at the Montreal screw job. Roughly how many days? Time. Hang on, let me work this out now. Uh, I'm not going to say anything out loud. No. <laughs> uh, I think you won it first time in that year. <laughs> so okay. it would be about, number of days, about 1,500. Okay, 1,500 for Paul. Barry? Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm in the same ballpark, but I'm just kind of saying, like, which direction do I want to go relative to 1,500? Do I want to go lower or higher? Mm. Um, I will say 1,650. 1,650. The correct answer was 1,855. Four, four in a row for Barry. Yeah, I, I, I'm realizing now I forgot to count to 65 in the year. I just did five by 30. Or yeah, by, so I was kind of like, oh. but it was Mania to Survivor Series. So I was like, stick three months yeah. in there, you know. Yeah. So, boy. yes, boy. it was. It was actually, so it was 1992. Two. Yeah. September, to 97. was it? I think, yeah, to yeah. November 97. Yeah, it wasn't. What, he didn't win his first one at WrestleMania, no. Wait, did he not win? What no. did he win? It? No, it was on a house no. show. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there we go. So back to Barry to answer first. Fuck. The episode number of The Simpsons that he guest starred in. Oh, God. Um, oh, this is something Paul will get really fucking close to. Um, I will say, you know, hang on. And I, I, I have a number. I'm trying to work it out. Okay, hang on. Two hundred and eleven. Two hundred eleven for Barry. Paul, back to you. Uh, Got to be much earlier than that, I think. Um, in the name of being closer, I'll simply say two hundred and ten. Oh, you wanker. I, I, I thought we'd go the whole game without anyone doing that bullshit. <laughs> he needs the points. He needs the points. You know what? He needs his pride. That's what he I needs. I would say, if, if, let me just, that 210 would be my official guess. But if I was to actually guess, so you have about 20 a season. No, actually guess then. If you're going to say this, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess. So you have about 20 a season. 
this was probably around season seven. So I'd say it was probably about 146. Right, 146 is his guess. No, are you, well, no, I'm going to... No, 140, he's, no, he said, that's his, actually, he did the arithmetic, 146 is his guess. Okay, 146. <laughs> okay, so now I have to work out. <laughs> I don't know. Hang on, I think I know who the winner is, but I'm just going to doubly, doubly check to be sure. Double, doubly. Uh, oh, fuck, hang on. <laughs> trying to do the spreadsheet. Uh, formula, this is fun. Uh, Oh, excuse me. Good old physical mute button coming in there. (laughs) Oh, it's really close. (laughs) No, okay. So it was actually 174. (sighs) So Paul is marginally closer with 106. So he would have won. He would have won. Was it like late late season seven? No, it was season eight. yeah, oh, season eight. So that's why that's why I went to Hawaii because I was like the, the thing I did was like 136th episode spectacular was season seven, and I I couldn't remember if it was late season eight or early season nine, but I was like even though that's a phenomenal episode, that's kind of getting into the not yeah, great right. years. It's it's on the cusp, so I was like stick 40 episodes onto 136. That's my little Simpsons arithmetic there. Mm-hmm. Well done, Paul. Okay. okay. You so, you earned that point. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. you didn't you didn't you didn't you know backdoor your way. So back to back to Paul guessing guessing first. Um, total days Brett spent as WCW World Champion. Oh God! And just as a hint, yeah, that was across two different uh, reigns. Reigns. Uh, yeah, two reigns. So total. Um, I would think that they were probably not monumentally long. WCW had a lot of. Quick championship reigns back then. Um, we'll go for uh, an attitude era busting 72 days. Okay, 72 days, says Paul. Uh, Barry, your guess? I'll, I'll go even lower. I'll go 43. Oh, okay. And 43. I, I have no... Ma- for some, I, th- I, I, feel like I remember one of them being like barely a rain. Like I think he gave it up or something like that. I don't know. Go on. So the actual answer, and again, you're both close, but in wrong directions. Uh, the actual answer is 56. So Barry wow. is uh, 13 days out. Paul is 16 days out. So Barry oh, we're, 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 we're both close. close. We're both close. Just, yeah. just edges it. Very close there. Yeah. Okay, next one, Barry to go first. Um, Time that Brett spent in the 1994 Royal Rumble, which he co-won with Lex Luger. Um, I have no recollection of this Rumble, not one of my strong suits. I've never seen it. Uh, I will say 27 minutes. Complete complete guess, complete stab in the dark. I I, I will say Brett at that time would have been one of the the guys they would have in the rumble for a long time. Yeah. Stabilize. Maybe 32 minutes. 32 minutes. Uh, so the correct answer was actually 15 minutes and eight seconds. Ooh. So Barry takes that one to go six, one ahead. <laughs> this is getting into Brazil, Germany, 2014 <laughs> territory. So yeah, he's going to be to Man United Southampton at least. Come this on. was the show where he uh, had his leg kicked out of his leg by Owen yes. Hart earlier in the night. So he actually came out yeah. quite late in the Rumble. Okay, okay, okay. wasn't in it for very long. Um, okay, penultimate question. Uh, 
Bill Goldberg's position in the 1990 NFL draft. <laughs> That's very tenuous. Uh, uh, listen, it's a Brett quiz and he would know this. I don't even understand the question. <laughs> so they have an NFL draft every year where they pick oh, okay. college but Do you players. mean his like number in the draft? Or no, 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 no. How many, how many guesses deep did Vince or Rick draft him to Raw or SmackDown? <laughs> You know what a draft is. You know what a draft is. I don't know how it works in NFL. I don't know. I don't know. So there were, I'm going to give you how many players there were total. There were 331 players. Oh, you mean what? At what What number out of those 331 was he drafted at? Um, So Paul would go first. 331. We'll go go, uh, right in the middle. 166. Okay, 166. (laughs) (laughs) Barry split the difference. (laughs) I'll go 202. 202, says Barry. The actual answer was 301 out of 331 players. Wow, damn. Uh, so, so Barry picks that one up. Yeah, so I'm sure Brett would have been. I, I, I wouldn't have had no idea about that. Brett would have been drafted probably in the first couple of rounds. <laughs> if, I, if I wanted to play football, yeah, you know. I if he was just, football. You know. Uh, okay. you know, I'm surprised they didn't pick Goldberg higher because it's a game where you're supposed to hurt people. <laughs> but there you go. Uh, and final, final statistic. Um, position the Brit came in the Greatest Canadian, a 2004 CBC TV show that ranked notable Canadians based on a public vote. So where do you think he ranked in that countdown? Out of 100? Uh, it, I think it was out of 50, actually. Yeah, 50. Okay. So, uh, Barry, to go first. I'll say 12. Okay, 12. Ooh. Right. Well, if I know Canadians, and I think I do, uh, they would have voted Bret Hart number one. Number one, says Paul. <laughs> uh, the correct answer was a 39th. Uh, Bret Hart was the 39th but they greatest. cheered for him when Shawn Michaels played the music that one time <laughs> 39th greatest Canadian uh, of all time I demand a recount uh, so yeah that's the end of the quiz eight Barry, one. Barry oh, wins 8-1 Middlesbrough against uh, okay uh, here's your recount w- one for the bunny two for the bunny would you like another recount yeah. <laughs> the, an 8-1 score there's a one margin of error the <laughs> The greatest Canadian of all time was Tommy Douglas. Who's that? No idea. But he was born in Falkirk, so I don't know he's not really Canadian. What? Uh, in a uh, number three, he's like Jack a Roddy Piper Scottish. He's like the opposite Roddy Piper. They've also got Alexander Graham Bell, again. Scottish, oh, you do. So. Great telephone piece of shit. A lot of Scottish people on this list, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Brett McHart in at number four. <laughs> Anyway, so congrats, <laughs> Barry. Congrats, congrats. Thank you very much. I'm I'm feeling triumphant after that. Thank you, Joe. That was a great uh, that was a great quiz. Very bad quiz. Uh, no, I loved it. Do that again. Do that again with the exact same answers. You know, I, think no, you'll still, I think you'll still do as bad. Hey, oh, oh, oh. All right, I'd be a bit stiff there. A bit stiff. A bit mm, stiff. Very sad. Uh, very sad. Very, very very sad quiz. Very, very, uh, bad. very, very bad. <laughs> bad quiz performance. Jones over here. Don't be round the yam bag. All righty, all righty. That's enough for that chit chat. Let's get into wrestling television this week, specifically, of course, 
AEW television this week, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was a bit better this week. Last week was uh, pretty not good. I mean, Rampage was, was was decent for what we talked about. The, the Shibata thing was notable, at least. Yeah, yeah. I thought Dynamite was pretty bad. Uh, since we since we touched on it uh, last week's Dynamite, I'm saying this week's was was better, but still not great. Since we talked about it, I want to I, I want to weigh in on the um, uh, Soraya uh, Britt Baker. Um, uh, promo uh, battle um, yeah. this week, and I thought, as someone who has not enjoyed Soraya, 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 whatever, uh, so far, yeah. and actually, when I when I really think about it, I was saying this to Bro, and yeah. I was kind of like, honestly, in WWE, I didn't really like her fucking character work in particular. I've always found her to be very, very, very grating. Lots of you know NXT especially re- really fun matches and matches she deserves a lot of credit for she she is honestly somewhat underrated as someone who who did really get that division going, um, mm. but all that said I thought that this this week's promo started off really well, you could tell it was very real to her and it meant a lot and it wasn't bullshit fake pro wrestling uh, I'm emotional it was real emotional. And then the second half of the promo was just right back to I build divisions and I'm a star. No, I'm a star. You're the chosen one. Oh, you're, you're Tony Khan loves you. I want to ban from wrestling for 5,000 years. The management likes you. That's why you're here. But I'm actually good. I never need to hear one of those promos again for as long as I live. And I thought that the second half of this segment descended into that. And it's descended into the same stuff that this feud has been for the previous weeks, which I have not enjoyed at all. So I was very mixed on it. See, I agree and disagree. Okay. Um, your point about the the insider shit, 100% agree. But I felt like the promo started with with more of that and got good. Mm-hmm. I particularly didn't like Brit and her points at the beginning, um, which almost served to make her seem like more of a baby face. Yes. Which got the crowd chanting DMD, and it's like, well, you are a bad heel. <laughs> um, this this is the issue that where where when Kevin Nash and the boys ruined pro wrestling by inventing the cool heel, um, and Britt Baker, you know, was really playing up the I've been here since day one. I helped AW be this great thing, and it's like you're supposed to be the fucking heel. If you, you know, you're not supposed to be liked. You're not supposed to be making points and make people say, hey, yeah. she's right. Isn't that the classic thing? Is that the heel is supposed to be wrong, but it's supposed to believe they're right? Mm, and so yeah. I, that stuff I said, well, this is this is like holding the nail uh, to hit the hammer into the wall. You mm. know, you're 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 you've taken the bits, but you're doing them totally backwards here. Um once Soraya, Sor- it is Soraya, right? No, Soraya. Fuck, they, I don't remember. They, they right? say both. They say both on the show, so I really don't know. Yeah. Once um, the big ass um, <laughs> started getting emotional, and you could see the the old um, the the trademarked Cody Rhodes tears in the damn eyes and the. <laughs> I said, "Wait a minute, maybe maybe they got something here." And uh, she's shooting. She's shooting. Well, not, it's not even shooting, you know. But it was ultimately. Real. Ultimately, yeah, but ultimately, it's it's performative, and if you know, if they're doing a little bit of method acting, and you know, tapping into some some real feelings that doesn't contradict the story they're trying to tell, then that's great. That's what the best promos do, right? And you could see in the eyes of, of both, of, even Brit was a little bit um, misty, a little bit red eyed towards the end. Reminded me of some of the moments we've seen more so in WWE, 
Sasha Banks, Bianca at WrestleMania is obviously the the pinnacle of that kind of thing, but where they realize that they're kind of involved in something that's maybe a little bit more important than your typical uh, segment. Um, no, I, I liked as they got kind of more into the uh, more expressive and more, although, although like I said earlier, Paige, I think, has, has a tendency to just shout <laughs> when maybe there could be a bit more variety to her delivery you know shout on the important points that deserve to be shouted but otherwise try and have a little bit more but her her voice goes up to 11 so (laughs) um soraya tap um you know you have the peaks be the peaks but if everything is at 11 then nothing stands out you know fucking hire me to come in and give these people oh yeah i'll teach you how to do it right okay um and I think Brit's delivery is typically great, but similarly, mm. the content to her stuff was 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 extremely bad in terms of uh, making you like Soraya, which I guess is the point of the segment. Uh, but yeah, she revealed that she's cleared and they're having a match and we'll see how that goes. What did you make of a joke? Yeah, I, I thought it was uh, <clears throat> maybe one of the best women's segments that AEW's done. I know that it was, there were annoyances, some of the the references to division or building a division and mm. like, you know, who cares? Like just, just exactly. Yeah. I, but, I, I agree. But it wasn't so bad that that really ruined the promo or anything for me. I thought they were both very, the delivery was very good. Um, kind of reminded me of Britt Baker going back like two years when she was, you know, really right. on a hot form mm-hmm. and delivering stuff. And I thought Paige was, or Soraya, I just got a page page was very good. Um, <laughs> I, I like the emotion. I like the fact she really kind of dug deep into you know what she's been through and put some realism in it. Um, so yeah, it was good. And I'm excited for that for that match. Although, unless it's a hardcore match, I don't think it'll be particularly good. Yeah, <laughs> I like that um, Soraya's promo was was a lot more focused than some of her early promos when she came in. I remember the one was I don't know if it was her first or second one, but where mm-hmm. she was just rambling. And yeah, the guy on ri- the guy ringside was like. Let's let's fucking pick it up here. Don't tell me how much time I've got. I'll do when I damn well please. And the problem is just like we're going nowhere. This one at least had a bit more focus to it. Um, a bit of focus. The, the the issue though, again, then is and this is maybe a bit of what aboutism, but by contrast, the women's title match between Tony Storm and Jamie Hader feels extremely cold and yeah. kind of run of the mill. The only the only thing carrying that is the sort of general sense of momentum Jamie Hader has at the moment, but not. I mean, I don't think I don't think they've they, said they, yeah, but they've alluded at a past between them, but never really dug into it. No, like, like a, a, I know this is a, a trite comparison, but like a, C, a CM Punk MJF. Yeah, there's a history there. Let's really use that and build on it and do something with it. They've, they've shown some like ten, sort of, like twenty second videos. I feel, yeah. I feel like the fucking the the countdown special will be great because they have obviously <laughs> taped a bunch of stuff. But it's the classic like not putting it on dynamite uh, uh, thing. Um, yeah, one thing you alluded to, Paul. I'm fascinated to see what the, the the live reaction will be to this because if it was if it was someone who was not coming back from a career ending injury. And this feud played out the exact same way. I think it would be a. I think there'd be. I think there'd be a pretty big amount of egg on Tony Khan's face with the way this was booked out because I think you've got the homegrown star that everyone likes, who who has been there since the beginning in Brit and who is very popular. She is a cool heel, 
And then you've got the WWE person coming in doing WWE promos about how I'm a star, I build divisions, doing the thing that no company should do, which is that, well, this division's shit and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to fix it. If it wasn't for the fact that she was overcoming a massive health problem, I'm fairly confident that this would be like a double turn match against AEW's will. Will people boo a woman who's just coming back from like spinal stenosis or a broken neck or whatever her, her official diagnosis was? I, I I don't know about that. I don't think wrestling fans will be that callous, but uh, especially because AEW AEW fans don't like to shit on the show. Do you know what I mean? They don't they don't typically do that. Yeah. But I think I think if it was not that situation, they would be they would be cheering Brit over her. Now, if I fucking see you cheering Brit on, on camera, well, I, 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 I'm going. You go, what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have my big words. <laughs> foam scissors, so just yeah. you'll be able to see me from from my seats doing D M D scissor me <laughs> with just a random person next to me, you know. Uh, speaking of, we'll jump back here to the opener. We had our uh, eight man tag, Gun Club, Swerving Our Glory, FTR, and the acclaimed Good Fun. You know, yeah. FTR and Acclaim, bit of a wacky team, but they had a lot of, they had a lot of fun with it. And um, uh, we had the usual, or I suppose more of the uh, of the Swerve and Keith Lee, you know, not fist bumping on the ramp. <sighs> I'm actually kind of surprised when they when they did that number one contenders match a few weeks ago. I thought FTR would win, and then Swerve and Keith Lee would be facing each other at this pay per view because it seems like we're going there at a pretty decent clip, but not quite yet. Um, but uh, yeah, enjoyed, enjoyed, enjoyed this opening match. Unless Keith Lee is letting, not letting on more than he's actually involved in this uh, badness. That's <sighs> oh, oh, interesting. That would actually be very interesting. Double swerve turns. Was he filming it? <laughs> well, we don't know who was filming it, Joe. That's the point. <laughs> Although Billy Gunn surely would have seen. Uh, yeah, one Billy Gunn have said a large man. <laughs> <laughs> he had a sting mask on. It was just Keith Lee. Cole Carter. I think the Swerve uh, Keith Lee thing is actually one of the more interesting things. Oh, totally. I, I really like it. Yeah. I think Swerve Swerve's doing some of his best character stuff of his entire yeah. career that I've seen. Yeah, I think he's having a, a, a sleeper uh, great year, mm. I got to say. Um, Gun Club are, are, are certainly quite good as well, I got to say, even though they're, they're oh, total they're dweebs. Good. Yeah, they're, but they're, they're, they're perfect. Crazy, they're perfect right. in what they're they're, today. they're everything that the the varsity blondes weren't. <sighs> yeah. Poor varsity. If blondes. the varsity blondes did, could do what the gun boys did, they'd be on TV still <laughs> instead of yeah. complaining on Twitter. I mean, we could have a whole podcast about the varsity blondes and why. Let's do it next week when Barry's off. Varsity uh, blondes. Uh, special. Varsity blondes yeah. special. <laughs> well, do they even have a name anymore? Because they 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 lost oh, yeah, the varsity they lost, uh, bit the, the, the varsity athletes. Yeah. Oh yeah, and they, I think they're just off TV. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I imagine. I think FTR and those lads will probably be a pre-show match. Or um, I mean, they're 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 very they're they're billing Rampage as full gear Rampage. They're doing that mm-hmm. WWE fucking WrestleMania SmackDown thing. But to be fair, look, they fucking stuck a Junakiyama match on it, so maybe they're being serious. And uh, I've kind of wanted them to do this for for ages because their pay per views have seventeen matches on them, and even when they're really they're great, long. they're they're yeah. so long. So I'm kind of like, do a put stick one match that would have been on the pay per view on Dynamite. God knows Rampage needs to help. Stick one of them on Rampage and have a little six or seven match pay per view. You know. Yeah. So I think I think they've they've obviously announced one big match for 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 Rampage. I wouldn't be surprised if like FTR and the Guns happens on on Rampage as well or the pre show. Yeah, but, I mean you can't totally use the template because 
how how infrequently they do their pay-per-views but remember how perfectly paced and timed the the old nxt takeovers were yes with their five matches across two and a quarter two and a half hours in and out yeah the perfect length if you need to have one or two extra matches that's fine but you see some of the yeah some of these cards is like 11 matches on it it's like Mm. come on let's rein it rein it back in rein it back in uh we had ethan page beating eddie kingston in the tournament <laughs> uh with the ego's edge off the top rope which i saw someone on where where did i see it i don't remember where but someone uh online referring to his finisher as the eagle's edge e-a-g-l-e oh yeah uh, as if his nickname was all eagle ethan oh page. now that's a name i want to be all eagle barry murphy in wrestling <laughs> um yeah i mean it is it me or is this tournament a bit too obvious that's going to be Ethan Page and Ricky Starks in the final? Yeah, and they've, I mean, and it, I, I, you know, I don't have, an, I don't necessarily have a problem with it because, you know, give, give him and I will go, give anyone a go. But it, it, it was really obvious two weeks ago. They might have just flashed a big image on the screen saying, we're going to push Ethan Page. Ethan Page is getting a big push, lads. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, but whatever. I mean, you know, I, I, He's I think really good. he is good and he fucking languished in that in that uh, man of the year thing which which also didn't get a blow off they just disappeared off television so you know give him i think i think they i think they want to legitimize the firm uh um which is good um yeah they need to and they're doing this kind of uh if you're a freak who watches the youtube shows they're doing this eddie kingston is is cracking up um story oh we didn't mention by the, the mjf promo before this oh yeah he did a promo on a podcast yeah. Um, which they played he's on good. television. Uh, he's, oh, off, what a, he's, what a he's great. He was great. And he referenced being upstaged by the presser and all this other stuff. And and um, mm. it was great. It was felt very real. Um, uh, yeah. And he, he's off filming that A24 Von Erichs movie um, at the moment. I I heard who he is, but I can't remember. Lance Von Erich. Yeah. He's like the, the he's fake the cousin. cousin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not yeah. One of the brothers. Not, not one of the actual ones. That's. I'm very curious to see how that thing turns out, but that's another another topic. He's not a real Von Eric like Lacey. No, yes. no, no. <laughs> no. Who, plays, who plays Lacey Von Eric? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's four hours long. It goes into the TNA years. Um, you know, um, up there. Uh, oh, I was about to jump to the next TNT match, but no. Before that, Jose and Ten and Rouge were backstage. Oh, oh god. my god! End this story. You cannot be fucking serious with this. Men of the Year style. When when Andrade got suspended, I was like, "Make this be one of those stories that just disappears into the ether and doesn't get." It. I who could give a choice about? I mean, it? they must be moving towards ten joining them. Otherwise, they why all would have just continue. To. Why have would this be to. I mean, I they I, they really must. Um, yeah, God, fucking damn. Anyway, we'll talk about that more. Rampage, uh, TNT title Wardlow um, uh, against Christian with Ari Davari's head photoshopped on. What? He was wearing like Christian's tights and he has Christian's body. He just looked like Christian here. I'll be at Ari's very head. You were, you, 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 I, I'll be honest, you may be the first person who's ever made that comparison. So yeah. it's our unique selling point for this podcast. He, he, he does have, you know what? He does have Christian's like, I'm in shape, but I'm very gangly. He's a long boy. He's a long he, boy. For he had sure. the same, same. Elbow pads, wristband, like exactly the same. Okay, I, 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 can, I can see it. I can see it. Uh, Wardlow powerbombed him and beat him in like two minutes. He did the whole, if you give me the, this was so, it was stupid, but it was so funny. If you give me the belt, you can have my butler, which is such a stupid <laughs> wrestling thing to do. But I, I found it amusing. Wardlow uh, uh, powerbombed him. 
And then um, uh, he got on the mic and he called out uh, Hobbs, who came out. Hobbs comes out on the ramp. And um, uh, Wardlow goes, you'll never take this TNT title with me because I'm going to hold every title in this company. And then Samoa Joe started to move towards Wardlow. And then we just cut to a shot of Will Hobbs <laughs> on the ramp uh, uh, for some reason. How, like, about as badly fuck up you can possibly do if you work in, like, a production truck. So Joe turns on Wardlow, but they completely miss it because there's... because And again, it's classic. Like, it was WWE-style over obsessed with the reaction shot they cut too fast and 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 didn't uh didn't get the uh the actual jumping but whatever whatever they still they still you know um did the turn and i, I was legitimately surprised by this i thought that team had a lot of momentum left in them well they 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 hinted at it on rampage that there was going to be a break yeah yeah and it, you know good because it felt like the last four rampages in a row ended with one of Wardlow and Joe be beaten down. The other one ran out exactly the same way. The old War Joe schmoz. Mm. So happy for that to be over. Uh, yeah. Um, so not sure what the TNT match will be, but possibly a three-way, I guess, or possibly so, beating Hobbs on the way to Joe, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, I would think that that sounds logical. Um, now, because we have uh, Jeff Jarrett in T- in uh, TNA, I was going to say in AW. Um, this, of course, means that Jay Lethal will be on every single week. I know. He was already on every single week. Oh, oh, my God. That's guaranteed. There's nobody pushed harder than the Impact World Order. It's mental. Um, yeah, so they did a whole thing where Trent and Jay Lethal had, like, an uh, impromptu match. And then um, uh, uh, Jarrett did, like, a good good enough promo. But then it ended with this weird thing where he, like, was, like, threatening a stagehand. And I was like, oh, he's waffling the stagehand with the guitar. And then he didn't. I was like, what do you mean? Oh, don't, don't set that up and then not do it. Totally agree. Yeah. In fact, in fact, I thought it was a little plant specifically so they could hit yeah. the guitar. Yeah. Wasn't apparently. Um, Mox cut a good promo then. Yeah. The whole the whole thing with Mox seems to be that he just he just everyone everyone thinks MJF is soft basically and that he's just a bullshitter. S A W F T. That's what it spells. Soft. soft. Uh, yeah, good stuff as usual. Good stuff as usual. Um, Sky Blue versus Jamie Hader. Not much to say. Um, and then we got to the main event, which was Brian Danielson versus Sammy Guevara. I thought this was good, but. Um, um, I don't. They had a couple of clunky moments. There was this thing where, like, Brian was supposed to catch the GTH, but Sammy didn't lift his legs, so they just had yeah, this weird little pause. It was very odd. I was like, but other than a couple of clunky moments here, or there, I thought this was good. I thought it was very good. Yeah, it was good. Um, still feels weird that Guevara has been pushed into this feud instead of Garcia. Yes, it seemed like the more natural way to do it, but. I, I guess they've done enough Garcia, Danielson, Garcia, Uter matches at this point. Um, I, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I'm glad they didn't seem to, this week, do more of the Jericho, Sammy, you'll do the right thing. I couldn't have less interest in that. I would rather watch Ten and Roosh read, <laughs> read Hamlet than, than do another... Uh, Sammy dissension from Jericho thing. I cannot possibly have any more of that. I know. I know what the pay per view they're going to do a spot where Sammy breaks up a pin or something, and Jericho looks at him. Look, uh, 
you know, does NXT face at him. But um, yeah, anyway, we'll see. That was that was dynamite. Um, uh, Rampage was good. I thought this week, um, just two two fun tournament matches, and uh, uh, to be fair, what what looked like a real placeholder Cassidy title defense, but it was good fun. Uh, uh, Lee Johnson and, and Orange Cassidy. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, enjoyed. Not 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 too much to say about either of the tournament matches. They were both they were both good. The Rush Bandito match that was really good. Yeah, um, and we also got. Um, uh, Nyla, I mean, this is straight out of YouTube. Nyla squashing a jabron with terrible gear, absolutely terrible gear. Um, and so obviously they made that match official. Um, uh, and so who, so we got Bandito advancing and Brian Cage advancing, mm-hmm. and Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy are having a cage match, um, yeah. which will probably be good. Mm. on the night as a match but again a lot, a lot of this full car- full gear cards you're kind of looking at it and going you know tone is not exactly cooking with gas on this pay-per-view build i think this will be one of those a bit like forbidden door this will probably be like fucking great on the night but you look at it on paper a lot of these matches and you're just like meh fucking this jungle boy christian thing has been going for seven thousand years admittedly because christian is hurt it's completely out of their hands but do you know what i mean it was one of those announcements where i was kind of like i can't get pumped about yeah. it you know yeah it needs to end jungle boy needs something fresh needs to rebatch him i don't i don't think they'll get rid of the song because it's really popular mm. they need they need to lose the video where he's throwing a little stick into the river and <laughs> <laughs> trying to catch a little fishy i mean it's just because like i i i, I kind of think they do need to lose the song but it's like okay you can't give him some generic fucking jim johnson dun 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 dun, dun, dun. he has to have a cool song can we but, get downstate to do a cover or so yeah let's get somebody in here but but at the very least lose the little video the little video is so yeah so too it's too cutesy um agreed uh, but uh yeah um yeah so that was uh that was Ramp- rampage good a nice solid hour um um uh, of, of tv uh i watched not wrestling but adjacent. go on i watched some ufc for the first time in a while there was a, a a numbered event on last night didn't stay up for it because i'm long retired from that but uh, yeah, I don't know. I just got a little bit, a little itch. I obviously watched UFC full time from like, was it 2009 to 2016? And then I've pretty much fully given it up okay. <laughs> since then. Good. I don't know. It was just there was a, a Israel, Israel Adesanya title defense and Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler fight, which I was interested in watching. So I did a little bit of an itch. I, I wonder if I'll. Um, Maybe start watching a few a few shows here and there again. Um, I don't know why, but it was it was it was a good little show. I didn't I, in full transparency, I didn't actually watch the whole show. It was recorded um, the night before, and I just skipped through it, watched some of the matches I was interested in watching, and they were very good, very good fights on it. So there you go. UFC can still sometimes do. It. Although uh, I've seen as well, they've announced this monumentally stupid uh, fight slap. Uh, league, oh, which will air God. on TBS. So watch out, AW. They're coming for you. Um, slap competition where people just uh, <laughs> slap each other. Um, which is funny because since the dawn of combat sports, boxing and Queensbury rules and that, MMA, kickboxing, it's always been about 
intelligently defending yourself. So now we have this new sport, this new freak show sport, uh, where you just put your face out and allow another man to slap you full force uh, in the side of the head. Um, and the the athletic commissions are saying, yes, please, uh, that will be fine. And no uh, <laughs> worries there. Uh, give us a load of money, please. And TBS have been uh, as as equally stupid to uh, get involved in that. So yeah, uh, yeah they got on a proper television station. It's yeah. mad. So UFC, who uh, employed CM Punk and allowed him to fight twice, but who nevertheless say, "We're look, UFC, we're not a we're not a freak show product. We only we no. do real shit here." Yeah. Uh, are, are now doing this uh, this sideshow hustle that uh, is is you know only exists to create memeable viral content look at this fucker get slapped and ko'd oh my god there's like no sporting merit to it whatsoever so there you go anyway movies movies who wants to talk about some films i've, I've got a few from uh a couple of halloween hangovers um, go on so firstly uh, the nightmare nightmare before christmas mm. uh, are we going to get into the debate now about whether no. that's a Movie? No, it's a Halloween movie, I think. Got Christmas in the title. Well, but, but it's all about how he mm, wants it to be Christmas. He likes Christmas. Sort of more sort of Halloween in it, really. Mm. Um, so I didn't enjoy it, really. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's my summation. Uh, I'm not sure I'm really into that kind of spooky, like, ooh, kooky and spooky stuff. Yeah. Saying that, I do love the Adams family. And I do love your genre, kooky and spooky, which you just created. It's pretty good. I like that. Yeah, I I don't don't know something about it. I just didn't really vibe with it at all. I've actually never watched it the full way through. Really? I I also kind of thought, for some reason, I thought it was like a, not a full feature. I thought it was like a 50-minute type film for some reason. I don't know why I had that, like a Charlie Brown Christmas special or something like that. But it's not. It's a proper film. And uh, it wasn't directed by um, Tim Byrne. Which is, it was actually, yeah, just this week in the news that Henry Selleck, (laughs) Henry Selleck came out, he's basically like, bit annoying, lads. Bit annoying. Well, he's got a new film out, Henry Selleck as well. Yeah, uh, the, looks good, Yeah, Mm. you know. And, you know, and he went on to do other films of that ilk that are very well regarded, like Coraline. And it's, yeah, it's, it's even called Tim Burton's bloody, bloody, blah. I'm yeah. like, that's a bit, and he was, just, and uh, I mean, depending on which account you listen to, he was either only slightly involved or not involved at all by some accounts, you know, so that's a bit yeah. shitty. Um, I think you'd like it, Paul. I think it's, I think it's, yeah, I, 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 I like it. I don't, I don't, I don't love it or hate it, but it's, yeah. It's I, I mean, I've seen two of his other films. I've seen, um. Coraline, which I absolutely adore, is lovely. Yeah, and uh, James and the Giant Peach, which yeah, is pretty good. Which yeah. is yeah, I have a soft spot for that one. Yeah, so disappointing that. But I after that watched. Um, speaking of having the director's name uh, before the film, uh, Wes Craven's <laughs> New Nightmare, ah, uh, which came out in 1994, uh, three yeah. years after the last of the original sort of Freddy Krueger Nightmare on Elm Street run. So this yeah. was kind of a postmodern uh, postscript to those movies, and essentially, it's what if Freddy Krueger came to life in the world of Freddy Krueger? So the the main character is the actress from the original movie, who is now sort of haunted by uh, Freddy and by weird phone calls and stuff going on. Then she she kind of goes to find Wes Craven, and she meets the producer and other actors, including Robert England himself, who's mm. in it. And um, it's it's a quite a well made film. I was expecting it to be a lot more kind of meta than it actually was. 
Um, it was a fairly sort of standard, um, you know, Freddy slasher movie, um, but just him in the Hollywood. Like it could have just been Freddy Krueger goes to Hollywood, essentially. Hmm. Like the actual kind of, all the meta stuff wasn't that um, apparent. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it would have come too much of a parody, but um, hmm. I was expecting a bit more of that. Um, it's also kind of a, um, I think it was Wes Craven's, his original idea for Freddy, like a lot kind of meaner and more violent. Right. Uh, not all the, the silly gags and, and kookiness. It was Freddy as he kind of intended it, which was a bit more interesting. But the mask he had on was terrible. That's one thing I, right. I couldn't take notice of. The mask was looked really kind of like hard rubber to the point where it just looked like a Halloween costume. And I was like, nah, it's turn mm. me on. But um, I think one for completists, if, you've, if you're into uh, all your horror franchises, then definitely worth one, one worth checking out. But uh, probably I was a little bit disappointed with, with where it was, especially as Scream came out two years later and was so kind of iconoclastic uh, when it came to horror. This felt more like the kind of film that Scream was parodying when I, I thought it was going to be more like Scream, when it was in fact more like the, the films it was parodying. But anyway, it's my kind of summation of where Scream was New Nightmare. Um, checked out His House. Uh, oh. I, I remember Barry recommending... Um, years ago now mm. it originally came out um just again just as a reminder is a about two uh, kind of refugees that arrive in london and they're taken from a detention center and put into a kind of council property uh which is a bit haunted and then it kind of goes, <laughs> into, goes into their past of how they got to england and what they've been through and why they're now experiencing these kind of uh demons that are following them so very, very, you know, thematic, mm. metaphorical films, sort of themes, a lot of, yes, uh, mm, yes uh, refugees and history and war and all this kind of thing. Um, so I, th- I thought it was quite a good film, um, maybe a little bit on the nose for some of that mm. stuff, but not not always that scary. There's, there's, there's some spooky bits, you know, turning on a light and suddenly someone's there kind of thing, mm. um, which is scary, but they do reveal the kind of, not the monsters, but the, the scary thing is revealed quite early and quite, it's not hidden. It's just sort of there. So it's, it's a lot more, I guess, about the, the character's sort of emotional journey than about the scares. But um, overall, I, yeah, quite a good film. Definitely, definitely worth a watch. Uh, and finally, quite different from those three, I watched the murder mystery, uh, See How They Run, hmm. um, starring Saoirse Ronan and uh, a, a bevy of fine actors and actresses. Yeah, uh, from all from all walks of life, uh, Adrian Brody as well. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was very fun. Um, it had a good mystery at the heart of it. It's essentially all about Agatha Christie's Mousetrap, which is a play that I've never seen and that has never been adapted uh, in, in in kind of English anyway. Um, so I don't know exactly you know what happens in that, but obviously one of Agatha Christie's most famous plays. Um. And it kind of, it's, it's set in a murder that happens uh, during the first kind of year of that play's run. And it's very kind of tongue-in-cheek and quite self-referential um, to, a, to a bit of a fault at times. But I have to say, I did really like the characters. I did find them very charming. And I was into the mystery. And it was a satisfying conclusion as well to the mystery. So overall, I thought it was a lot of fun and did enjoy it. Yeah, I, I saw it this week as well. Um, it, it was good. It was good fun. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think 
I think most kind of detective films and also a lot of horror films this week, uh, this year, these these days uh, are kind of getting into that that kind of thing of like, uh, okay, maybe we could reel in the nodding and the winking a little bit. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, uh, but I, I thought it was good fun. Uh, Saoirse Ronan, very charming, very very charming. Uh, I think I think keeps the whole. I think she she drives the whole thing forward. Yes. Um, yeah. No. Enjoyed. Uh, that was showing in, in in a local theater. It's already up on Disney Plus. Mm. And so we were saying now uh, we just skip the theater and so I was like, yeah, no, let's go to the theater and, and and watch it. It was a good crowd, so it was it was good. Uh, yeah. No. Enjoyed that. Um, yeah. Um, is that all your films, Joe? That's a lot. Yeah, I really want to see see how they run. By the way, that's on my list. Well, you can fire it up on the acclaimed Disney Plus Network. I shall. Um, if you want to to watch it on there, uh, I watched some films. I've, uh, I wasn't here uh, uh, last week, so um, uh, have a couple of Halloween hangovers to uh, uh, to chat about. Finally, 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 finally saw Pearl, uh, the X prequel from Ty West and A twenty four. I actually emailed A24. I'm like, are you putting this out in Ireland? And they emailed me back going, we only deal with US distribution. I was like, okay. <laughs> and who's playing Lacey Von Eric? And who's playing Lacey Von Eric in in the fucking movie? What has MJF in it? Um, yeah, I don't know what the deal is with that. The previous film came out here. This one does not appear to be coming out here in the UK. I don't understand it. But anyway, it's already up in the old VOD. So I was able to, you know, buy it. Wink, wink, wink. Um. Uh, so finally watched it, and it was fan effing tastic. I mean, it's pretty, pretty incredible that that you know I didn't have super high expectations for X. It came out it was one of my favorite films of the year. They, they, they. Despite being a a, a horror film from a, a notable indie brand, it has a post credit scene for a prequel that's coming out the same calendar year, and that's also excellent. So, so Ty West with a. A pretty impressive resume for the year. One thing that I enjoyed about Pearl is that it's it is a little bit scary and it's a little bit tense, but it's really not like another horror slasher film in the style of X. It's way more of a uh, kind of very dramatic, kind of fantastical character study uh, with a with a little bit of unreliable narrator stuff going on. Mm. Um, you could, I think you could easily watch this film if you, if you'd never seen X and you'd no interest in X, I think you could watch this film self-contained. There's basically no required prior reading for it. I I would recommend watching them both. I thought X was, was excellent. Um, and unlike Pearl, it's actually easy to watch X is on prime already. So you can watch it on Amazon prime free. Um, but yeah, so it's basically Mia Goth plays this, um, uh, sort of Hollywood obsessed, um, uh, 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 farm girl who who tends to an, an ill father and an extremely strict mother. There's real kind of carry vibes a little bit about the the mother daughter relationship there. She's on this farm in in small town America during the Spanish flu outbreak. Uh, her husband has gone off to war, and it's basically all about her aspirations uh, uh, to not be on the farm and live a dramatic, romantic, Hollywoodized mo- uh, movie life. She loves going to the talkies. Um, uh, and things like that. And like I said, it's it's not really a horror, but it's it is something totally different because it's quite tense. And like like some of those scenes in the original adaptation of Carrie, there's some really, really just uh, really just unpleasant, uneasy feeling about a lot of the the family scenes uh, through the whole film. 
so yeah, I was super impressed with it. I thought it was maybe as good as X, but it's completely different. And and I was very 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 happy to to finally get around to seeing it. And it has a. It also it, they do not look like two films in the same franchise at all. It looks like someone accidentally like overcranked the HDR knob on the film when they were making it like like x is a very gritty sort of faux texas chainsaw looking film and then pearl is doing a little bit of unreliable narrator stuff but not through she doesn't narrate the film there's like visual aspects of the film that are playing off her daydreamy hollywood obsessed self so the film is very bloomy and bright and oversaturated in in a really weird way it's really really cool and i i lived up to the hype so so pearl was was great also really great and also uh, uh, lived up to a bit of the hype was, was Barbarian, which was showing in, in the cinema here. Um, don't want to say too much about it. This is one of those ones where everyone says go in cold and I will echo that. Uh, it is about a, a lady who shows up uh, at an Airbnb, but it has been double booked. Um, the other person at the Airbnb is one of the Scars guards, so she's on edge. Um, <laughs> uh, what's going to happen to her? And... I will leave it there because it is one of those ones that's that, that is very much enjoyed. And, and it's really great, but it's also one of those ones like, I wonder if I go back and rewatch that knowing what happens. Will it still hit as hard? Um, but it was really, really great. Great performances. Uh, first time, I believe a first time uh, uh, director. Uh, really cool. Re- really cool and scary and, and, and weird and a little bit out there and very stylish. So yeah, Barbarian is that one. And then I watched uh, Terrifier 2, which I actually did not see the Chris Jericho scene because apparently it's a mid-credits thing and I turned it off before I got to it. So I did not see Chris Jericho get, I don't know, his fucking willy chopped off or his head turned inside out, uh, such as the things are, are happening in those films. That's ter- actually his, getting his penis cut off and his head turned inside out is actually the Painmaker origin story. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, now I do want to go back and watch it. I wonder if he is the pain maker in it. Anyway, uh, uh, Terrifier 2 was very good. It was a lot of the same things that made the first film good, but they they tried to sort of um, uh, make it less of a one-dimensional gore fest, and they tried to write an actual story with a little bit more depth to it. They didn't especially succeed, but I didn't feel like it detracted necessarily from the film. The only detraction was that the first Terrifier is 90 minutes. This one is 140 minutes, bebe, of a film where the primary appeal is 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 like a girl gets like scalped and then gets her face ripped off and her hands ripped apart and it's all a practical effects gore bonanza and then they're trying to do themes in between all that. And yeah, like that I, sounds a lot like the Raid 2 compared to the Raid 1. Not in terms of whether I like it or not, or you like no, it. No, no, but I, I think that's a fair... The I parallels think are kind of there. Yeah. It is it is a very fair comparison. Uh, uh, and I liked the lead girl was, was quite good in it. But but I, I, I think they kind of overstretched a bound. And I think the, the director even said, he's like, I'm, I, I will not make another 140-minute film uh, uh, next time I do one of these. But it is great. It is so... It is... It is so comically violent that it is in parts legitimately repulsive and then certain parts it circles around back to just being so funny there's one scene that is like seven minutes long it is so overindulgent and he's like fucking butchering this one girl in the most grotesque fashion possible and it just is it's so fucking ridiculous 
Um, uh, but yeah, that that is one for the for the gore hounds. Um, uh, and 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 again, like the previous one, it's it is it is really remarkably technically impressive because there's an awful lot early on of you know oh people getting you know their heads chopped off and 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 you know someone gets stabbed and they've got a you know there's squibs and there's a geyser fake but oh there is actually. This is the, this is like the most you'll see a squib in 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 films in 2022 because they're so not in vogue anymore. But there's like a dream sequence where the clown pulls out a Tommy gun, like the, that scene in the mask. Except in this, he murders a load of people with it, and it's all squibs and practical effects. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is all I'm getting to this this calendar year. But it's fucking great, um, um, you know. So there's a lot of like hands getting chopped off and stuff. Where you're like, okay, that's you know kind of impressive, but it's kind of cool. You can kind of tell. Look, there's that's that's there's with the prosthetic mask. But then like. As the film progresses, you can tell that they are trying to push themselves to do more stuff because there's there's people who are getting mangled, but they're still moving around. So it's like, okay, we're not just making a prosthetic; it has to look good while a person moves around with half their face missing and stuff like that. Um, the Terrifier movies are are great fun if you can stomach them, um, and I, I I look forward to watching the next one. Um, uh, you know. Um, uh, if if and when it gets made, I mean, it's definitely gonna get made. It made something meant like ten million dollars on a less than a million dollar budget, um, uh, so it's been a runaway success. But yeah, and then outside of the Halloween um, um, listings, I decided to rewatch the Batman, mm. one, one of the most popular films of this year, critically and commercially, and yeah, that film has an average of four point one on Letterboxd. Think of all the like legendary films that have like a three point four or something on there. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think f- in terms of a, a, an average score, it's quite high. I think four point one is kind of in the ballpark of where I would rate. I think I think that's a perfectly fair rating, but I'm just kind of like, like yeah, Letterboxd it's, is it's, funny. It's like it's really hard to get a four average on Letterboxd. Yeah, but I mean, you look you look on on Letterboxd or IMDb top two fifty, and you'll see fucking spider-man no way no way home right or, well yeah. or whatever you yeah. know i actually had this argument with someone with after, shortly after the batman came out because they they said it was spider-man but i was contesting that the batman was one of the most overrated films of this generation mm-hmm. and i rewatched it and i was like you know what i was like, get myself a blu-ray copy stick it in the new telly it's a great looking yeah. film of course stick it in the new telly it's also a very vivid film because like i said the tv's got that fucking that light shit around the edges of it and yeah. it's kind of like popping those oranges and stuff like that and i sat down and much like when i watched the film the first time i was watching it i was 20 minutes in i was like this is this is fucking great this film this is it looks great it sounds great that opening monologue you know patents in great all this other stuff and then it just keeps going and, <laughs> and going. And then the bell rang, brother, and they just did not have it. I I think I actually liked it somewhat less on a repeat oh, wow. viewing. I think I think the and I think the, I think my spiciest take on this is I don't think that iteration of the Riddler is especially interesting. I do not think I like Dano, but it's kind of like when they're having that interrogation scene, it's like, okay, oh, he's a He's kooky. He's he's an extremely broadly mentally ill criminal who sings and laughs because he's he's not all there. I'm like, uh. I have seen this character ten bajillion times in co- in both comic and general crime film. I don't think it's a very interesting interpretation of the character. I don't think it's a very inter- interesting antagonist generally. There's all the there's the very much discussed kind of problems with the third act where it kind of just turns into another Batman film, you know. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think the Kravitz uh, patents in dynamic is very good. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I think, I think it's all style over substance, which is fine. I'm happy to watch a movie like that. Not for three hours, slow. Not right. for three hours, and I, I, I was confident in that after rewatching it, and and. The other thing that struck me again at first and then on a rewatch was like, the ending is the fucking same as The Dark Knight. I don't understand how you can do the ending. You can basically just redo the ending of the most famous Batman film ever, <laughs> where he's like, maybe I should be more than just a guy who roughs up people and makes them scared. Maybe I should be a, maybe I should be a symbol. I should be a, an effing symbol, actually. I'm like, okay, well, you did this. And it's not like you did it on some niche little fucking animated direct DVD DC thing. This was this is a film that shaped the culture we live in now. You know what I mean? Um, I I sat down wanting to love it because I was just kind of like, I do like it when it starts. It is cool. It has great vibes, which I think is part of why everyone loves it. Superhero films these days are certifiably vibeless. Okay, they are absolutely. They are the. There, there has never been less vibes in a genre of film than there is currently in superhero films. They are so fucking. They are flaccid. They are flaccid and, of and and gray. And even when they're trying super hard to act like they have vibes, like Thor Ragnarok, they actually don't. Or not Ragnarok. Uh, the most recent Love one, Thunder. Love and Thunder. It's it, like like they irritate you further because they're being try hard. The Batman has vibes. It has immaculate vibes. I would say. Um, it's a great tone piece but i i i just could not make myself love it when i tried when i tried mm. to rewatch it so that's that's the batman um i don't know if either of you have revisited it since it uh no, i will be gonna... though yeah look at this, look at this uh oh baby he went to the full 4k, 4K version sitting here right i mean i will say it is phenomenal looking it i is. haven't rewatched it so I, I i can't come too much on it. i remember from my watching it the first time I agree with your point about the the Dark Knight ending. I, I in a sense, I feel like it's done better here mm. uh, because a lot of what I liked about the movie was how Batman as is a symbol throughout. He maybe doesn't re- realize it yet, but a lot of what he does is performative. But I I will rewatch it and I'll come back on. I, I I agree. The the moment they um spoiler. I don't want to say spoiler here, but where. Let's let's say vaguely, uh, the Riddler is sitting in a diner. Um, is the point at which the film's yeah being like great ends, and yeah. then it continues for another whatever it is forty five minutes, fifty minutes. Yeah, I I, um, I wouldn't worry too much about spoiling it. Everyone, it was a massive success. Yeah, so yeah. but you know people are weird. Anyway, uh, anyway those my films. I, I saw one and a half film. Go on. Um, I watched the. Uh, the um, short that was just released on Disney Plus was it yesterday? The the new Star Wars uh, Lucasfilm Studio Ghibli collaboration. Oh yeah, how is that? Um, it's very nothingy. Okay, it's it's, uh, it's called Zen Grogu and Dust Bunnies, and it's uh, it's a three minute long animation, kind of mm. like a mood a mood piece. I would call it more than anything. It's got no story whatsoever. Um. So I think it'd be very hard to spoil, but uh, it's got some lovely music by uh, Ludwig Göransson. Um, it looks really beautiful, um, but it's it's got absolutely nothing to it. So don't, don't go in expecting a, a, a Darth Vader show up, a Blorco mid credits uh, <laughs> appearance, or 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 really story of any kind. 
but it's a nice little it's 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 truly a short mm. with no narrative yeah at all T- totoro doesn't show up in a jedi robe you know no no there's no um princess leia mononoke oh very and, good very good yeah, you know, I, I, to the point that I found it hard to give it a score on Letterboxd because obviously I wanted to market watched. But like, what do you say about it? There's, there's nothing to it. It's like, looks great, sounds great, but I don't know if I could even recommend it. It's, it's, it's kind of a thing. If you're interested in Ghibli and you're interested in Star Wars, check it out as a weird novelty. But yeah, well, it is only saw, three minutes, I guess. It's only three minutes long. But when I saw Ghibli and and Lucasfilm were going to collaborate, I was hoping it would be something more akin to the um the the uh, anime show they did the other year oh yeah 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 yeah. i can't remember i didn't watch it but yeah stories yeah uh, but it's not really it's it's kind of nothing and uh and i watched a very long time ago now uh two weeks ago today as a fact a matter of fact the uh the empty man Mm, interesting film uh, which i quite enjoyed though i'll say i think was a little over ambitious um I, i thought at points it kind of creaked under the weight of its own ambition <laughs> uh, there's quite a lot going on and i don't know if it successfully kind of juggles all of those things but uh a lot of them it does and i i think it it, it starts off very conventional it starts off as a uh slender man style or or maybe better than slender man it's, it's kind of like a candy man mm. kind of thing which i think they would the way they kind of approach that is clever so if you're standing on a bridge and you have a bottle and you blow into it three times, uh, the empty man will uh, will will get you. But also, there's a layer to it where it's like on the first night you see him, on the second night he sees you, and on the third night he gets you, or something like that. Uh, and opens with a the best part of the film. Uh, it's like a 15 minute cold open. Uh, no pun intended, because it is set in the snowy Himalayas. Yes, um, but that stuff was excellent. Yes. I really really love that. And then you realize you're actually not going to be in that very different cool environment with those characters you're going to be in a, a conventional uh, small town usa mm. blah 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 which is a little less interesting but um yeah i thought i thought it was quite good uh, i liked some of the twists and turns it, it it took especially in kind of the first two acts and then it just kind of kept twisting and yeah. kept turning and uh i don't know if it if it would have been better if it, if they had kind of kept it a, bit, a little bit more simple yeah, it was it was one of those ones where like halfway through the the mysteries were really getting going and I was really enjoying it and I was like, there's not really any way they could stick the landing on this and have it be good because it's yeah. just that that's the inherent problem with a film in that style and it's not that it's a terrible ending we're just like yeah you know okay yeah I think but I think ultimately it kind of goes down a a well worn path, um, even though the journey to get there is is very unconventional. Um, this is like this is like the the ultimate like in a lot of ways it's like an, a very uh, this would be a great example for years to come of a very not studio friendly film because it's very weird um, yes. definitely will be hated by general audiences and it came out uh, in that period where people were panically dumping their films on streaming this was released in cinemas in like May 2020 because <laughs> they were so like get just fucking release this fucking thing <laughs> yeah. um but yeah it got a cult following fairly quickly it's good it's it, it yeah. is good it is good and it's uh it's not overly gory and it's not overly scary no. so i think it's approachable in that way it's very much a is it like a tv14 kind of mm. kind of hour but it's it's clever and, and that's kind of what i like about it the most there's some really cool visuals in it 
Um, there is some nudity, so maybe it's not exactly TV <gasps> fourteen, but uh, there's some ooh, good, the good type of nudity, not the bad type. No. Good. Um, yeah, I thought it was overall quite good. If it's also very long, like like yes. about the Batman. Um, so speaking of the Batman, sadly in the week, uh, Kevin, excuse me, Kevin Conroy passed away, who I once, did I tell the story before that I, I walked past Kevin Conroy before and didn't realize it was him? No. Did I tell this? So, um, my brother is a huge, and I still live with the guilt of this to this day, by the way. Um, my brother is a huge Batman fan, much bigger than me. And, um, he reads the comics and does all that. So we were in Dublin city center on his birthday, on my brother's birthday. And we were walking through Temple Bar, and I saw a guy, and I was like, I can't think, feel like I kind of know that guy, but I don't know where from. And we continued walking, and um, it hit me later on, oh, fuck, that was that Kevin Conroy we walked past. <laughs> it was. And he had tweeted a picture out of him standing in front of the Temple Bar pub. We're walking by in the background. Oh, wow. And I still feel like, fuck, imagine on, on my brother's birthday, he just would bump into Kevin Conroy, who kind of like, got a picture, said hello. And I was the only one who saw him, and I didn't like recognize him. It only clicked later on that that's who it was. But anyway, yeah. On that note, we will segue over to the telly golf. And I did uh, uh, impulsively on Friday when the when the dreadful news of of Mr. Conroy's passing hit. I did finally, after like thinking about it forever and always putting it off, and I was like, ah, no, I don't want to do that. I did jump on Amazon and grab the Batman animated series Blu-ray. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. What a what a terrible loss. I mean, one of the one of the all-time great voice actors yes. uh, across. Uh, you know, obviously animated series iconic, but also just a lot of the the films and of course the Arkham games too. He was uh, the voice, and I think I think he, I think in multiverses as well. Like he, but he's he's done it a million. He's been the Batman voice, you know, on on speed dial for uh, for three decades. Yeah, yeah. So um, I watched the first two episodes of that. I mean, look, it's great. It's Batman the animated series. You know yourself. It's it still looks absolutely gorgeous. Um, uh, Danny Elfman's score so good, so so. Good. <laughs> I think I think what separates uh, for some reason I was just in my head I was taking shots at, at at Hans Zimmer. I think what makes Danny Elfman great is that he does like he's done Spider Man, he's done Batman, and they're both excellent and they're both completely different. And it just made me think of one of my many things I hate about those amazing Spider Man movies is Hans Zimmer does the score, but it's just like Superman. It's just I'm like this this, this score does not fit. You you've put Superman music in here. Hmm. And it, it, you have it, and like Danny Elfman's like, I can do it all, baby. I can do whatever. I can, I can, I can, and you won't even, you won't even know it's me, other than it's class. Um, uh, but yeah, I watched the first two episodes, and they're great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rewatch that whole thing, and I'm, I'm gonna uh, yeah. devour need, them special features as well. Yeah, my brother has that set as well. I need to borrow it off. Uh, and of course, it has Mask of the Phantasm, which I will, which I will get into. Um, yeah, uh, elsewhere on telly, we decided impulsively uh, uh, today. Um, uh, after finishing one of our other shows, which I'll talk about in a minute, and say what else? What, what's new that we can watch? Not necessarily a new show, but what what have we neither of us watched before? We watched the first episode of Twin Peaks, uh, which I have never seen before. Obviously, you've made a very good decision. I've I've taken quite a bit in via osmosis. Yeah. Um, but we decided to to start it. Yeah, intriguing, intriguing. First, I only watched the pilot. Obviously, that's a double length uh, episode, so yeah. ninety minutes. Uh, intriguing, enjoyed it, and I think Very I've already intriguing. got a, a sample of things to come because it's it's you know a little bit weird, a uh, little bit a little bit intriguing, a little bit dark. 
Um, got some of the. And how cold are you on, or blind? I should say. Um, I'm kind of aware of a lot of the kind of you know memes and Simpson references, and you know shit like you know the game like Deadly Premonition that came out, which is basically. But in terms of the actual story. In terms of the actual story, I'm pretty cold. I know. I I knew way to do it. I knew Kyle McLaughlin was trying to solve a murder, and that there's weird dream sequences. Yes, that is about the top and bottom of it, and and. so yeah, just just to confirm for myself, so you, you you want to watch the two series and then the movie and then the third thing, correct? Okay, excellent. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, yeah, I mean, I love I love Twin Peaks. Is, well, Twin Peaks is funny because there's there's two seasons of the original series. Hmm. David Lynch, obviously, watching it, you, you can tell David Lynch heavily involved. Yeah, and then he kind of left it, and season two kind of gets I don't want to say bad, but. <laughs> season two is not great right and then uh I, I forget how it came together but that david lynch got reinvolved and he's like i'm just gonna make a movie and fucking do it my way right which he, he did and then the the return in 2017 which is which is which is excellent as well but i i think the the, the best of twin peaks will always be those first however many it is 20 episodes right it's, it, it's the perfect mix especially uh, you know all three of us are, are fans of gravity falls you can mm-hmm. tell i assume even one episode in you can see the influence it's had on other shows like that this weird town where all these characters are introduced like super well and i mean that's kind of the strength of it is okay it's it's a really fantastic kind of mystery but also it's got a kind of Simpsons-esque kind of everyone in the town is important. Everyone in the town has their own little thing going on. Um, it's 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 like Attitude Era WWF. Everyone's mm. got a storyline. Everything. Every, you, you love all the characters. You're hoping they'll all show up. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of, one of the one of the top shows I would definitely recommend. And I'm not a huge David Lynch guy. I don't know a lot of David Lynch. No, me neither. Super impressed by Twin Peaks. Again, those first 18, 19 episodes are as good as TV gets. And yeah, it's a shame that um, there was a lot, without getting into it, there was a lot of network pressure to make certain creative decisions with the show, which I think is why David Lynch moved moved off it uh, pretty quickly. But it's great. Love Twin. Is that up on Paramount? That's on. I actually have the DVDs. I can't. Oh, you have them, from from you? some from some like golden disc sale many moons ago. Yeah. But um, it's on, we were watching it on Paramount because you know lazy. I'm not getting. I'm not getting up a change of a disc every time. Yeah, I, and I would even say if you if if you get to the end of it and you're interested, <laughs> or you haven't given up by that stage, there's also an international version of the pilot, which some people watch by mistake at the beginning. Okay, um, where I think it was released in Europe as a movie. And it has a conclusion to the mystery. Oh, really? It's like its, like its own, yeah. And weirdly, again, not to, you know, I'm, I'm hopefully not spoiling it there, but actually the conclusion of that pilot is not actually the conclusion of right. the mystery from the show itself, which is, okay. which is weird. But um, yeah, well, look, I hope you uh, really enjoy it as much as I did, because yeah. I rock and love Twin Peaks. There will be, there will be regular updates, don't worry. Yeah, Kyle McLaughlin is so likable. One of the most likable leads you'll ever see in a show. Yeah. Him as Agent Dale Cooper with the uh, some damn fan chair pie you got here in Twin Peaks. It's damn good coffee too, or whatever. 
That's um, Simpsons has. I, yeah. Don't, don't expect a man dancing with a horse, by the way. Yeah, I, I was thinking of that constantly, <laughs> especially when he stepped talking about the cherry pie. I was like, oh yeah. God, where's the, when's the horse coming, baby? When's the horse? <laughs> I, I was nudging Brona. There's going to be a horse in a second. Yeah. The horse is going to win. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of non-literal visuals, but there's no horse. Yeah. So uh, I will I will keep everyone updated as we progress through that. Yeah, I'm the very thing, excited to hear your reaction. What we, what we wrapped up to lead to watching Twin Peaks is that we did finish a the bear uh on which is i mean fx and hulu in the states over here it is on the disney plus joe i know you also watched the bear did you finish it finish the bear finish the bear hell yes i went we we watched like two episodes and then yesterday we started watching episode three and then we just didn't stop until we finished it Mm -hmm. because it kind of got us uh what did you make of it uh very enjoyable um it's not really a comedy but it's also very short episodes and quite funny so, mm. kind of has a sitcom vibe to it in a way, if you know what I mean, like a yeah, uh, kind of modern sitcom, but very, uh, very tense it's kitchen. I mean, it's it's only a beef sandwich shop in Chicago. I'm not sure why. <laughs> yeah. So, like you know, they're only doing like fries and hot beef sandwiches. I'm not sure why they're quite so like under pressure, but um, yeah, I like. I just all the characters are good. It's kind of a good hangout show where you can just enjoy being with the characters. Uh, and the plots are fairly... It's weird because it deals with some quite sort of weighty issues, but the actual plots of the episodes are stuff like, well, we've got to cater a 10-year-old's birthday party. Right. Or, or, or the menus have gone missing. You know, It's very like kind of trivial stuff for what is quite a, a hardcore show in many ways. But yeah, very, very enjoyable. Uh, I'll look forward to a, another season, hopefully, of that. Yeah, and it's funny. I thought the ending was interesting in the sense that it felt like they they could go self-contained if they really wanted to, but I think it's mm. been it's been a bit of a runaway success after a slow start. So I would I would, I would expect it to be back. But yeah, no, I agree with everything he said. Mm. Very weird kind of genre bending kind of like you'll laugh, but it's not explicitly a sitcom, and mm. it's a drama, but it's kind of drama, but people being like shitty and funny kind of ways it's it's um uh yeah but the performances are great a fantastic cast mm. um yeah and, and very nice digestible episodes and lots of tasty looking food as well Ooh, yeah. Good food. I, know, I know you're i know you're feeling super anxious and maybe you want to kill yourself but ooh, give me that sandwich mm. i'd like a little i'd like a little batch of that beef mm. <laughs> yes i know really really enjoy that that is that is up in full on disney um uh what else are you watching this week what about we'll go over to uh, joe you watch anything else uh only other notable thing is the crown so season oh, five yes. dropped uh earlier this week uh we've nearly finished we've got one episode left um it's not quite up there with previous seasons i would say okay. uh, they've introduced it's pretty much a whole new cast um so you've got new diana new charles uh, you've got old what's his name is um, oh, I, hate I never remember his name Prince oh, the guy from the wire McNulty McNulty yeah is Prince Charles yeah oh I suppose he's getting on at this stage I suppose you know um, oh, what's his name uh, Dominic West Dominic West yeah yes so he plays I've got the cast list up now he plays uh, Charles and the problem is. First of all, he's too good looking to be Prince Charles. I was about to say, not, not creepy, freaky enough looking man to play him. The thing is that, and the guy, the guy Josh O'Connor, I think it was, who did it in the previous seasons, he was 
perfect because he had this kind of weirdness, but also a kind of <laughs> charmingness. Because that, that's the vibe I get from Prince Charles. He's a bit weird, but he does have a certain like charm. He's not like completely off-putting. Like he can sort of engage people, but he's also just a bit like off. And like Josh O'Connor nailed that perfectly. Whereas uh, McNulty is just like quite charming and he doesn't even do the voice either. He just sort of does a, does his normal posh voice. Like it's not even a voice. So anyway, not, a, not a big fan of his performance for his casting. Um, I think Elizabeth Debicki um, is good as princess Diana. She, mm. of course, I don't know if she's been anything else really other than tenant tenant. Um, uh, widows was what widows. I, I. Oh yeah, I saw that clip of her as Diana going around, and I went, "Oh, that one off widows." The one off widows. Um, mm. She's actually pretty good. I wouldn't. Mm. Um, I think she kind of holds up, holds it up in comparison to the previous seasons. Only problem is she's six foot three, and so <laughs> yeah, she's very tall. It's like, and you know, Princess Diana was fairly tall, and of course, a free spirit, as we know. Um, but. The, the problem is she stood next to all these actors who are just, you know, average height, like five, nine. She just looks like fucking <laughs> Satnam Singh or something. <laughs> Tony Khan needs to call uh, John Fetterman and Elizabeth Debicki to ru- run through his respective divisions. It's like one in a, one in a billion. You know? <laughs> she, she's a legit giant. Um, so that's the only problem with that. And yeah, and a lot of the other actors are good, but just they don't really stand up to the previous seasons and also because it's getting kind of more recent in time it you know you kind of remember this stuff from the news yeah. or documentaries whereas obviously when it was set in the 50s and 60s it felt like a period piece and it was you know you could kind of lose yourself in it without comparing it to real life whereas it's, it's harder to do that i now. mean it's probably tough if you are a, a, a to becky to play like the most famous woman on the planet when she was alive, you know, like the most photographed, scrutinized, you know, news coveraged person. Hmm. Um, who plays the queen in this? It's Imelda Staunton, okay. who is a very good actress. Um, she does it. Actually, the queen isn't really a big focus of this. It is really Charles and Diana. She's kind of a bit, a little bit in the background. Um, she, she does all right. And it's um, Jonathan Price, the, um, the old high sparrow as uh, Prince Philip and he does a good job again. It's quite, he puts his own sort of spin on it. But I think the trouble always is there's always going to be a disconnect between the performances of the different actors in the role. You know, it's almost like a doctor who or something where each actor comes along and puts their own spin on it, but then you kind of lose that continuity because we're watching it as a continuous kind of drama. But yeah, but it's, it's still enjoyable when you still get to, enjoy sort of going oh that's uh what's his name or oh that's supposed to be that guy um <laughs> so it's fine so we'll, we'll probably finish it off tonight and uh yeah there's gonna be one more season set in the i think in the 90s and 2000s so mm. interesting she was just a six foot seven free spirit <laughs> thundering her way down the corridors um just champion in japan yeah, 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 yeah. Held uh, Diana, Diana Strowman. Just like <laughs> uh, <laughs> Paul, what were you watching this week, though? Uh, I started watching the new season of The White Lotus, which is Lovely. a show that I've championed mm-hmm. on here. I know you guys are getting to You're going to get around to it, don't worry. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, season one of The White Lotus. Oh, baby. One of the fucking best... Um, short run series of the last 
decade maybe uh originally was only intended to ever be a, a one and done miniseries there was no intention to continue it uh you know for for those of us i think three of us are into our mysteries white lotus season one was a uh, a show set at this hotel in hawaii known as the white lotus and in the opening scene it's apparent that there is a uh, a, a murder potentially that's to be uh, unveiled and, and then retroactively you see this week at the hotel where you know it's it's obviously very rich people who go there and then it's like it's not implied that there's any supernatural element to it but you can read into it that potentially these people who go to the hotel it, the hotel itself kind of reveals a darker mm. nature within people not necessarily that they're evil but that you know the worst of them comes out and it was a great series with a great cast um mike white who you might know who wrote school of rock uh wrote and was the creator of white lotus and yeah steve zahn uh sydney sweeney uh the dario um like really really good cast um really again interesting uh, mystery uh, at the core of it but but really the characters are a strength and it was really great they're back for season two uh and, and it was decided that they would do a season two but it will be treated as an anthology series so it's not in the same hotel it's not got the same cast it's in a uh once was hawaii now it's set in uh in italy uh in um uh, Sicily. Uh, the only um, cast member who continues from season one is uh, Jennifer Coolidge, who's one of the stars of season one. She was like excellent in it. Love Jennifer Coolidge. Love Jennifer Coolidge. She's in both seasons. Um, and again, this is this is this is kind of my one reservation about. It. Again, it seems like it's a oh, there's potentially a murder again, and you know, and then we see retroactively the week and and what happened. Uh, again, really good cast. F. Murray Abraham, and I think what's going to be one of his last ever roles if not definitively his last i think he might be basically retired from acting now um he's great in it coolidge returns as i said um and yeah it's 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 very much the same tone uh music which was one of the high points of the first season is excellent music but like it's the same themes from season one but done now in kind of a italian classical style which is an interesting way to do it i mean it's great it's it's uh i only wish that it was slightly more different to the first season but, you know for people who, who really enjoyed the first season and wanted more of that it's definitely giving you that um so very much enjoying that uh, it's out every monday so i'll be watching episode three uh tomorrow looking forward to that i will say episode two was was a little slow uh this season is one episode longer than season one and i feel like this second episode was the extra episode because there was basically no advancement mm. of the story at all in it. Um, and then finally, I started watching uh, Attack on Titan season four, which I have on Blu-ray. Lovely, uh, right here. There it is. Oh, oh. Um, so I'm a big Attack on Titan guy. I'm not even necessarily a big anime fan. Truth be told, um, there's a lot of anime that I see where I I just really don't like the visual style of them. Yeah, uh, they kind of over. Um, exaggerated eyes and hair and oh kawaii and blah, blah, blah. you know I'm not just in the kind of not into that as a style but if there's a good story at the core of a show I could really not give two shits what the visual style is if the story's good enough to carry it and I think that's, that's definitely true of Attack of Titan um, season 4 is is probably the slowest season 
uh, I've seen so far, it's it's not constant people getting attacked by big giants. Okay, uh, unfortunately, this one is a little bit slower. There, there's a, a a time jump element to it, and it's a lot more grounded in military and strategy. And um, there are full on episodes where there's no action of any kind. <laughs> and I think to almost to uh, uh, an excess. I think this is the I've obviously read all. I've read all of the manga. <laughs> uh, so I know where it goes to the very end, but this is the the maybe the arc of the show or, or the section of the show where it is at its slowest. Uh, I mean, you might have ten episodes in a row without any action, <laughs> where it's just characters talking and slowly advancing the plot. Um, but it's great, and um, let me let me just throw throw out as well uh, the th- latest theme song of the show is an absolute banger. It slaps, as the kid might say. Uh, the Rumbling by uh, Sim, which is a Japanese uh, metal band. Not to get onto the music section of the no. show, but like, ooh, baby, some some proper uh, ooh, <laughs> uh, death vocals and some chuggy guitars and some fat bass. and ooh, Love it. But it's good. I just, yeah. I, I, I'm one of the people who prefers Attack on Titan to, to have uh, attacks happening. Um, and season four, although great, doesn't doesn't have a lot of that. Uh, at least that section I'm at now it does it does at the beginning, but then it kind of slows down for a while. Um, and yeah, apart from that, just watching the the, the weeklies. We have one more uh, Great British Bake Off, and then that's over. So I'm waiting for uh, to watch that on Tuesday as well. And um, that's pretty much it. Uh, Music wise. I did listen to a new album, uh, 96 Bitter Beings, a uh, new album, Synergy Restored. 96 Bitter Beings, which is the uh, spin-off from uh, CKY, one of my favorite mm. bands. Uh, the singer who is uh, now gone solo, basically, started up his new band that is exactly the same in all but name, uh, released their new album, which is, uh, is, is okay. Um, definitely underproduced. Um to the point that it, it actively hurts some of the songs. Uh, also, the songs are, I would say, a lot of them in too high a register, and that doesn't match well with uh, the singer, who is not a particularly good singer, uh, having to match that by singing in a higher register as well, and he doesn't sound good singing in a higher register. Just uh, pitch down those songs, brother, by a couple of steps, and they'll sound fucking ten times better. Um, there's some good songs on there, though. Um Conditioned or Unconditional is the best track on the album and is the last track. But, uh, you know, it's fine. If you, if you like CKY, it's probably the closest you'll get to that old CKY sound, but it's uh, it's without the uh, the moderating influence of a good producer, which is what they used to okay. have, which they don't anymore. So it's it's like, you you know, you would uh, hear about Vince Russo and Vince Russo would have all these ideas, but then Vince McMahon would be the one to filter them. This, this is very much Vince Russo let loose in musical form. So that's not to say there aren't good ideas or good stuff in there, but like get a good producer in who who can pull in the reins and form it into something a bit more, a bit more uh, good. Uh, yeah, it won't, won't be uh, attacking the, uh, the best albums of the year come, uh, our award show, but eh, a decent, decent little listen, especially if you, if you're already into CKY, you'll enjoy it. But otherwise it's, it's a, it's a bit sloppy Joe. Uh, a very quick music from me because uh, Michelle and I attended a concert 
a few mm. weeks ago that I forgot to review, and she told me off for not mentioning it. Um, <laughs> we went to see a band called Japanese at Breakfast, uh, uh, the Kentish Town Forum. Um, I've never heard of this band. Uh, I, that was the first time hearing their music. It was pleasant enough, but not really my kind of thing. However, the most exciting part is uh, was uh, they brought a special guest. Well, actually, saying that at the start, they came out to some very familiar music. They came out to the theme to the Great British Bake Off, and I, uh, Michelle, and I went, oh, oh, "That's funny." Um, and apparently, the the band are all very big Bake Off fans, and they watch it while they're on tour to kind of keep them going. And then at the end of the show, as a special guest, they brought out Jurgen from the Great British Bake Off. I, f- I think he was the winner of the Great British Bake Off. No, he didn't win. But he was he a runner-up or something? The Italian guy won. Oh, there, yes. Yeah, a couple, a couple of years ago, this was. And uh, he came out and played the trumpet along with one yeah, of their songs. <laughs> and it was like, wow. This is the best special guest I've seen at a concert since Taylor Swift uh, came out at home. Yeah, you've you've had a bit of a year, haven't you? You've seen the, all the like, yeah. You're gonna go see fucking you're gonna go see fucking cigarettes after sex next month, and CM Punk's gonna come out <laughs> on the fucking stage and play the. And uh, me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll be ready. I'll be ready for him. Oh um, god! So that was uh, yeah, it was an enjoyable cameo, enjoyable show. And before it, we actually went to a little restaurant called Wendy's. Uh, which I don't know if you've heard of an American oh, I've heard of burger place. Uh, they have a couple of uh, joints here in the in the UK now. So we went there and I had the Baconator uh, with fries and a uh, lovely Coke. Except, lads, I'm going to give you a controversial opinion here. Go on. You know these uh, Coke freestyle machines where you, oh, yeah. you pick whatever drink you want and then you mm. go, oh, vanilla, lime, cherry, blah, blah, blah. Mm. The shit. Why? I mean, never, listen. They you know, never what? work. Okay, that, that, is true. Work. that is true. That is true. I, I, I feel like any time I go into a Five Guys, they've had three in a row, and at least one has a sticker over it saying it doesn't so, work. Yeah. <laughs> this is or they're either broken, they've run out of the flavors, or the flavors don't mix properly. Every time I use one, it never works. Like I, I love the idea. I love like, oh my god, you can have Fanta with this or Sprite with that, but. I just want the old school fountains where you push your cup against the lever and yeah. a load of fucking fizzy sugar shit comes out and I just drink it like a pig. That's what I want. I don't <laughs> want I don't want machines fucking me. I want an algorithm telling me what I kinda can't have. So that's uh, my opinion on that. But other than, other than that, the Wendy's was amazing and very authentic to the uh, American experience. Mm. So. Last time I had five guys, I gotta say it was dreadful. Ooh. Really? Start to finish. Yeah, really Ooh. poor. Really, really poor. Luckily, I had a Bunsen that was chef's kiss. Oh, I haven't had Bunsen in so fucking long. Oh, my God. Mm, baby. Much, much mm, better. Mm, mm. Much better than Five Guys. No no mm. competition there. Delicioso. We love the Bunsen. Uh, all right. That was uh, music. Goff. We'll jump in here quickly to the game, Goff, before we wrap up here. Um, ooh, I've had my laugh gobbled up by the Snap Monster. I've been playing Marvel <laughs> Snap. Every waking uh, uh, moment, I I bought the battle pass, uh, the first battle pass. I did not buy the second one. I have not bought this most recent Black Panther one because um, uh, I was like, because it's like it's monthly. That is a teensy bit much for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, a Fortnite or a Call of Duty season is like a couple of months. Uh, Twelve quid a month, Marvel Snap. I I, I do not think that will be happening, but. 
I'm playing the shit out of it. I've got multiple decks. I streamed a little bit of it during the week. There's an archive up on my YouTube. It's great. It's great stuff. Yeah, I, I've really I haven't played it loads and loads, but I, every day I've played a few games at least, and it's very fun. I like it. It's 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 not grindy at all. It's not over monetized apart from what Barry just mentioned. But again, that's very, <laughs> yeah. that's very optional. Like very optional. I, like I haven't even really taken much notice of that. You know what I mean? I don't even really know what the battle pass does. So it, you know, I'm still enjoying the game without that. Um, yeah, very, very fun game. I wish there was a wrestling version. Like, this is what I want WWE Supercard to be, and it just fucking wasn't. So, you know, maybe AEW can do their own version of Snap and make it interesting. But yeah, fun, fun little game. I, w- I would be surprised if after the success of this, that there's a, a million copycats and, and a mm. WWE version would do well. I want, apparently it is in the works, but I, I really want them to do, put, to put private matches in. I want to, I want to play my friends mm. and not just randos, but, um, yeah, that's the uh, that's the snap this week. Uh, I'll just very quickly run through my the two console games I've played this week. I'll actually make a quick mention of a third. Uh, jump back into Vampire Survivors because it launched on console. That is a fantastic game. God, I love Vampire Survivors, and and I'll, so I played it in early access earlier this year. It's now out properly, and it's uh, your progress carries over. So if you're like me and you're switching from PC to Xbox, it carries over your progress, which is great. I would recommend anyone play that if you like. It's on Steam, and now it's on Xbox, and it's on Game Pass, and it's about three quid to buy on PC. So if anyone's curious about this, what a fun game. So fantastic. I think you boys would both like it a lot. Uh, it doesn't require any kind of beefy PC to run if you're if you're PC inclined. Uh, so yeah, love that. Uh, jump back into Horizon Forbidden West, which we've talked about a lot on the podcast. I'm I'm glad I gave it another chance. I will say it's it's um as I as I kind of chug through the story, I'm like, yeah, this is this is a good game. I'm glad I, I revisited it. And then the big new release for this week was God of War Ragnarok, uh, the sequel to the 2018 God of War reboot. And I will say it's little bit samey early on i you know that 2018 game had a big wow factor because it was like basically a soft reboot for the franchise and going from a very broody fucking teenagers idea of cool in 2005 to a a little bit more of a mature game in 2018 you lose all that novelty with this sequel because now it's it it sounds very harsh to say more of the same but it's, it's kind of more of the same so far but it's more of the same very good game that the 2018 one was. So I'm, I'm enjoying God of War um, uh, so far. Those are my those are my games this week. Um, what about you, Paul? What are you playing this week? So I am playing uh, Mario and Rabbit's Kingdom Battle. Oh, okay. the new one. The, the first the one. one. The first one. The first yeah. one. Because, uh, you know, uh, I, I got the new one from my brother for uh, Christmas. So naturally, I have to play it first before I give it to him. <laughs> Which is well, what kind of what we do for Christmas? We'll we'll normally buy each other a video game and quickly play it and finish it before we actually give it to the other person. So lovely. Uh, I'm with with a caveat of the fact that I've never finished the first one, so I'm like three quarters through the first one now, and hopefully we'll have time to finish the second one before I hand it over. Uh, he's currently playing God of War. Uh, Ragnarok, which will be coming my way, come Chris. That'll be my Christmas game, which I'm very much looking forward mm. to. But uh, Kingdom Battle is a very good uh, little Ubisoft uh, strategy game. I would say it's definitely not platformer or typical Mario fare. I guess closer to like an XCOM in terms of like turn-based uh, battles, grid-based as well. Kind of like 
not not quite necessarily similar to like South Park, Fractured Butthole, but more more I guess like an XCOM or those Hitman Go or Tomb Raider. Go yeah, kind of games. yeah. It's it's really fun. It's it's not frustrating, although. I, I did a thing that I tend to do in games when I'm not fully paying attention, which is that, uh, so, you know, you, you get experience throughout the game that you can use on a skill three, three skill tree and, uh, get more health and do more damage and so on. Uh, I thought that when you got the, the experience, you could only use it on like once. Okay. But actually you get twenty. let's say you get 20, you get 20 for each character, okay. not just one. So like the, I got like, like a Pokemon thing. Yeah. But, but I got halfway through the game without ever using that XP <laughs> on half the characters. So I was playing the game on like extreme difficulty level, <laughs> which I shouldn't have been doing. So yeah, I'm, I'm like three quarters through it now, maybe like 10 hours. It's it's really good. It's, um, you know, like most Mario games I could give, could not give a shite about the story, but the little battles have a nice puzzle board game mm. element to them of okay I'll move here shoot this guy you get your powers your jump over to get further da, da, da. yeah it, it's really really fun very much enjoying it and uh i did play some mario kart 8 in the week and i played some call of duty Warzone in the week as well but more importantly mario kart 8 which i'm actually good at uh playing some online uh mario kart okay let me, let me tell you brother i was nearly lapping people <laughs> oh take that kids because the thing is, I don't play it online very much. I play a local multiplayer a ton. So when I go online, I have your default level. So it pairs me with people of a similar level. And I'm like 30 seconds ahead on some, <laughs> some of the tracks. <laughs> Just miles ahead. Um, I remember one corner on uh, Cheap Cheap Beach is the level. It's one of my best levels. And I remember looking, this this player, perfectly, perfectly competent, perfectly cromulent player. I was looking going, this guy's not drifting properly. And I say he was five seconds ahead. And on one corner, I passed him with a drift. Was, I was streaming when I played this. It was, it was, it was okay. Really I didn't realize you streamed this week. I might miss that. I did a little stream. Yeah, I, I'm not very good at promoting it. But I did do a little stream. Mostly playing Mario and Rabbits, but then I did play Mario Kart for a little while. Um, very funny, though, because I was talking to people in chat and i said uh oh we're gonna play some mario kart we'll fucking watch this i'm gonna fucking destroy came sixth in the first race just got hit by a hundred shells and stuff wasn't very impressive and then every other race i won at a at a canter but yeah very much enjoy mario kart on the uh switch didn't realize i still had a physical copy for some reason which i sold on adverts which would be a santa present for someone so i'm happy that's gone to a, a good little home because my Aww. my copy on my switch is digital i don't know where this physical copy from uh, You're just a physical media man, you know? Yeah, I, don't, I don't have it anymore. Don't need it. So that's what I've been playing. A couple and of good little Switch games. That's the game, Gofferoonie, for this week. Mm, it is. Uh, and that's going to be our show this week. Uh, so as mentioned, the boys will be holding it down in my absence next week. Look forward to that. And then I'll be back the week after that. Um, so, yeah. Thanks very much for listening, folks. Do feel free to tweet us or pop us an email. Chairshoppodcast.com is where the email form is. And uh, if you want any feedback or you want to do a little quiz or you want a question or you just have something to say about wrestling, do feel free to get in touch. But until next week, friends, it's farewell from me, Barry. It's farewell from Joe. Goodbye. And it's goodbye, Mr. Paul Griffin. Goodbye. Goodbye.